Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Well, that sounds good. Uh, actually, Brianna has, has called in right at the start of the show, so I don't have to uh, tell you the things I was going to tell you. But I, I was just calculating the inflation rate between $20. Um, I was trying to go back to uh, when the Bill of Rights was written at 1787, but I couldn't do that because the inflation calculator I stumbled on one minute before showtime only goes uh, to 1913. But considering that's when most of our inflation was created anyway with the Federal Reserve and the takeover of our currency. And since that is going to be a major topic today as the show goes on, I thought I would calculate it. So the difference now would be $607.77. And, uh, and that's going to become key uh, to understanding the many things I shall be talking about as we pursue the show today, talking about why central bank um, digital currency is completely unconstitutional. All right, let's get to Brianna, and away we go. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combine into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. I hadn't even adjusted my chair yet. I was looking up inflation stuff. I mean, this is hysterical. <laughs> what am I going to do? Anyway, I, I didn't want to surprise you and just uh, go right into your theme, but I may do that since you called in. Uh, it, it's great if you can call in, like I say, a minute early, 30 seconds early. I'll just go right to your theme and we can talk more. So good morning, Brianna. How are you doing? What's going on? Good morning. I'm a little busy this morning, so you might hear a lot of noise. So if, you're, if you do, just let me know. Oh, okay. And I missed the first word, noise from what now? Uh, we're going to be busy. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, that's fine. All right. So undisclosed noises. <laughs> I get them, too, because I got my windows open here, and I'm trying oh. to uh, – uh, to, to uh, well, it's weird. I'll, like, I'll hear the trash trucks outside, trash trucks outside, but because I have this Yeti blue microphone that is directional, um, I can set it so it only takes sound from directly in front of it. That would be me. Um, and it seems to miss all the background, which is great, so I don't worry about it as much. But that's okay. Hey, listen, we've had cats, dogs, birds. You know, husbands, wives, you know, kids, everybody's on the show and screams at somebody else. We just put it in the podcast and uh, it's, it's all part of life. <laughs> it's live radio. That's what happens. Yeah. So um, I had it on my calendar to, to talk about central bank uh, digital currencies, which I knew nothing about last week. And so you're free to talk about that or something else or whatever's on your mind. But just in case um, you've got the link to the show, I sent that to you for the third hour. I'm going to really get into this. But if you just happen to be curious why central bank digital currencies are unconstitutional, uh, a title I thought of about 45 minutes before the show, <laughs> I'm happy to tell you. 
actually went with the other route of uh, going with the uh, agenda twenty thirty today, but um, oh, okay. so Let's I haven't gone into yeah. as much with the CBDC, but I have been a little bit more. Supposedly, in like twenty sixteen, um, I think it was India started implementing this system, and and um, they were saying mm. that overnight. I don't remember. I don't know when, but overnight, um, the president that they had just said cash would be illegal and wiped out 85% of their class, 85% of their cash. Um, but that's a country that uses cash for 98% of their transactions and they wiped it out overnight, making it illegal and switching everybody onto a digital currency. And now with the launch of the CBDC, um, people are saying they're preparing to switch over to the central bank of digital currency. So it's, um, being put into effect for the first time. That's fascinating. See, I didn't know anything about this. Okay, so India already has it. Do you know how it worked out there and when they did this? Um, well, they switched over to digital currency. They haven't yet gone to the CBDC because they haven't released the CBDC yet. Okay, so, so they don't have central bank controlling everything yet, but they, do, but they do have a digital currency. So no cash? What are they thinking? How do you go from 98% cash to no cash? That's insane. What if, where did the cash go? Do people just keep it? Are they stuffing it in their mattresses? Is India flush with cash and it's just kind of there? How does India trade? I mean, the rupee is, is on the world market as a medium of exchange because there's a whole bunch of them because there's a whole bunch of Indians. So I curious. don't know for sure what exactly happened to it. I have huh. to find that. But, okay. um, yeah, let me make a note of that. But if I were to guess, yeah. either A, they could just keep it, but it'd mm-hmm. be worthless. Or they would exchange it to the government for the digital credit. Those are just some ideas. I would keep it because I think this can be repealed. I've got uh, ways to do it. And if we can stop it here, um, I don't know how far along the process is, but even if it's if it's implemented, we can still declare it unconstitutional. Uh, I'll be sending my show today to my congressman, Matt Gates. You might want to send it to your congressperson, too. Um, just because, I mean, this, this could be something, especially if they're a decent conservative Republican, like a real one, like in the Freedom Caucus or something like that. But if they're wishy squishy, gelding old party Republican, there's not much point. Um, Canada. Tell me about Canada. What's, what's going on up there? This is my own country. I should know this, but you know, anyway, <laughs> do they already do this or are they, are they in process or thinking of it or what? Do you know the status up there? I don't know the status of Canada. Um, I do know that there's a lot going on with some kind of, like, media thing with Trudeau. I guess he's, like, taking back something he said or something. I don't know. Um, okay. But, yeah, oh, I haven't really looked into Canada. Okay, I'll, I'll do some research for next week. All right. Yeah, this is this is interesting, and the, it's funny the the thought of it. As soon as I read it, because I really hadn't read a lot about this, you know, recently, like yesterday and today, because um, I, t- I tend to prepare for shows one at a time because I can't keep more than one show straight in my head. But the more I looked into it, the more I realized this is so blatantly, obviously unconstitutional. I'll give you just a couple of reasons, and we can get into a Agenda 2030. Um, but let me see if I get my list here. But uh, in terms of where's my list? Oh, here we go. Uh, first of all, Congress doesn't have the ability to regulate individual currency. It's not in the Constitution. It's not in Article 1, Section 8. Uh, it's a complete violation of Fourth Amendment. Uh, it's an unreasonable search, you know, unreasonable defined in, in uh, the 1700s as without a warrant. So people think, you know, unreasonable means it's, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a sensible thing to do. That's not what I meant back then. 
Unreasonable meant they had no reason, and the reason for a search is a warrant. Therefore, an unreasonable search is a search without a warrant. Uh, and that's it, period. And then, once you understand that, everything else makes sense in the Constitution. They should have said warrantless, but they didn't. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's just it the fourth. It violates a, their right to privacy, or the right to privacy, and it restricts free enterprise. Yeah. Now, I don't know where free enterprise is in the Constitution. I've, I've got to find out where commerce is. The, the, but you're absolutely right. It's Fourth Amendment, search and seizure, uh, safe in your, in your home persons, papers and effects. Um, it's, it's a Fifth Amendment violation because there's no due process. It's a Sixth Amendment violation because there's no trial by jury. Uh, you're forced to be a witness against yourself. You can't confront your accusers and you can't have an attorney. Uh, I even found it as a Seventh Amendment violation because it's a right to, uh, you have a right to a jury trial if you have a civil dispute over $20. That's why I was calculating the inflation rate. Well, $20, I don't know what it was back in 1787, but my calculator said $20 in 1913 would be $607 today. So it's still a fairly low threshold to guarantee a jury trial, 600 bucks. So yeah, I think I was uh, jumping ahead a little bit to the to the um, like CBDC with the social credit score and such. I think I was jumping ahead a little bit. <laughs> see, I didn't even look into that. So that's let me put that in my notes here. So the social that's a whole different topic. So that's blatantly because that's control of behavior. Social credit. I mean that's that's going to be unconstitutional too. I just have a, itemized all the reasons prior for the same ones. Social credit scores as, as citizen regulation. It all comes under prior restraint. You can't regulate people for what they haven't done. You can't, and it also goes against the presumption of innocence because you're, you're assuming everybody's guilty and you have to have them prove their innocence by monitoring every single transaction to prove that it's a, it's a legal transaction. And that's, that, is, that goes so far beyond everything this country stands for. You know, I can't tell you. Anyway, so that's my synopsis. I'll go into more detail on that in the third hour, but that's basically it. Did I miss anything, you think? Just on cursory review? Um, that's what I can think of now. Okay. Well, like I said, we can always pick it up later. Yeah, no, no. This, this beauty of the show is whatever we don't cover one week, we can pick up the next week. Or if we make a mistake, we say, hey, you know, we goofed on that show. And we do corrections. So, you know, we, we, we get to everything eventually. So tell me, Agenda 2030, what's, uh, where, where do we stand in that? Um, let's, let's just leap right into it. And if folks want more, then they should just listen to previous reports of Brianna's. You know, on Tuesdays, first thing, you know, on the Tuesday show, you get Brianna. And so we've been doing uh, – we had a big review of it last week where we were. But uh, just go back and listen to the previous shows. So let's get into it. What you got? Okay. So for um, anybody that actually wants to read the article itself, you can find it on the United Nations website. Um, so for, I think I can start with reading the different points of the um, introduction because it sure. really shows what exactly it, – it's kind of almost repetitive of their points, but they have more words to it, I guess you would say. <laughs> well, um, isn't it interesting how so these people reveal their, their treachery, their tyranny, their, their obsession with control? There's, there's this compulsion to tell people you know, how bad it's going to be. Uh, and they don't seem to have any problem with that. I just find that fascinating, too. Yeah. So I was going to see, because I haven't done this yet, but mm -hmm. if you would pull up um, the same like, document and go down to where it has the 17 goals, sure. do you think you could do that? And we could match each um, declaration section with each uh, uh, goal section. So, so UN Agenda 2030? Is that what I pull up? Yes. Okay, 2030. I've done this before. It's, it's pretty easy to find. 
amazing how easy it is to find UN stuff. Uh, so I've got Transforming Our World, 2030 Agenda, Sustainable Development. I want UN.org, right? I want the actual UN yes. website? Okay. The Sustainable Development Agenda. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's where the comes Earth Day. Oh, I found out the founder of Earth Day uh, murdered his girlfriend. Did you hear about that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, no, uh, I did <laughs> I just, it was one American news reported this. Uh, Kara McKinney uh, does her history things, and she talked about. Uh, see, I thought the founder was Barry Commoner, uh, who I knew about, um, bad limits to growth, uh, things like that. He was a college professor, as most of these things start with college professors. But apparently, the, the, the person that actually founded Earth Day um, was, murdered his girlfriend when she dumped him. You know, it's pretty classic uh, stuff, but he's just a terrible person. It's also uh, Lenin's birthday. That's the other thing people should know about Earth Day. And that's not an accident either. Oh, so that's how they picked the birth. Yeah, it's Lenin. Yeah. Happy birthday, Lenin. <laughs> Vladimir, dude, who was you inspired? Okay. Communist Earth Day. If you want anyway. to see something really weird, go over to Google Translate real fast. Google which one? Google Translate. Google Translate. Oh, okay. Google Translate. And like the type inside, make it Ukrainian. And then on the outcome, make it English. Uh, detect language. Where do I have to write in the language? Where do I put the language in? Um, and it should it should show up like two text boxes, and then it'll have like at the top of each box which one it's in right now. Usually it's like Spanish and English, and then okay. and then let's click it, and then you choose it. Okay, so I've got to. Uh, oh, there's detect language. Here we go. All right, uh, you. You, 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 Mongolian, Norwegian, we're getting there. Samoan, ah, Ukrainian, here we go. So Ukrainian, and the word I'm typing in is? Okay, so it'll be four words. Okay, the first uh, word is Z-E-L-E. Z-E-L-E. Okay. Uh, And then space, E-N-S-K-Y. E-N-S-K-Y, okay. Space, V-O-O-O-D-Y. V-O-O-O-D-Y, okay. Space, M-Y-R. M-Y-R. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And why am I typing this in? Do you want to tell me what it says? Did you get the result of what it said? Yeah, I did. I'm not sure what to make of it all. Where, where does this saying come from? I don't know. I saw, I, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny how that came together like that because I, I don't know. I just saw it and I was like, that can't be true. And then I put it in Google Translate and it did happen. I was like, okay, that's weird. There's no what Chinese here. It's just something funny. What did you get? Just make sure we got the same word there. Um, I ended up with the evil one owns the world. Oh, see, I came up with something different. So I must have spelled it wrong. Mine says evil, and then the next word is woody, and then the next word is peace. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Uh, the, so the evil one rules the world. So we have uh, – I must have typed a, a letter in wrong or something like that. Cause, yeah, I've got Ukrainian English. Well, Ukrainian is like Russian, isn't it? Is there a difference? I no, thought it's a Russian they were the same. But if you put it – because I tried to put it in Russian, and it just translated it the same thing in Russian as it is in English. So that didn't do anything. Oh, but, okay. Um, is it huh. V E L E? 
I'll have to do it again because I think I missed the letter. So let's, let's see the fun of live radio, the fun we can okay. have. So, so let's start one more time. E, what is it again? V-E-L-E. Okay. Space E-N-S-K-Y. Mm-hmm. Space V-O-L-O-D-Y. That's V as in Victor? Yes. B-O-L-O-D-Y. Okay. Space M-Y-R. Well, M-Y-R is I know that. Vladimir Zelensky backwards. Oh, the evil one owns the world. Oh, that's what that is. Because Mir, I know, is peace because yeah. that's what they named the space station. Yeah, now I, now I, okay, I must have typed it. I, I get the evil one owns the world. Well, isn't that special? And that's yeah. what Vladimir Zelensky is backwards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's not uh, though because it's it's Mir would be R I M, so it'd be Remidolov, Remidolov, E. I, I took Russian in junior high. E. E. K. L. Mir. No, it's not. No, it's not. That is not Vladimir Zelensky backwards. It's not. It's not even close. Somebody was lying to you. Sorry. <laughs> Another myth yeah. dispelled on Action Radio, but it sure was fun playing with that. <laughs> That's hysterical. Okay. Yeah, Google right. Translate a lot of times doesn't have accurate translations to things. Not in this case. Well, first of all, the word no, but just Vladimir Zelensky um, would be V L A D, and in Russian they actually have a V, which is a B. So to be, uh, so it'd be Vlad backwards would be Dalv. It would be D A L V, and that's not the case here. So they have a D, and then and B is a V in Russian. So it's wrong. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Back to Agenda 30. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, I, let's make sure the right, the right <laughs> although that was funny. Sustainable Development Goals. Um, it's got like a little nice little rainbow word O. Is that the one we have? Or is that a different? Uh, o. Uh, I don't know if I have the right. Um, the, the picture shows a bunch of blocks with colored numbers on them. Okay, so that's the one I... Transforming Our World, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Okay, so now I've got United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs, the 17 goals. Have I got it this time? History? Um, oh, still not I think so. So they have different things. Uh, I can... I can tell you the exact, like, um, link entry. It's pretty short. If you want to just, like, put it into the, um... No, I should be able to pull it up. It says UN Agenda 20... I have UN Agenda 2030. Yes. Transforming Our World. Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable oh, Development. Okay. I got the preamble. Is the preamble what you're talking about? Yes. Okay, now I got it. Okay, All right. and then so just, just the same time for future shows. Right send away. this to me in advance. <laughs> send it to me in advance. I'll have it ready for the show. This thing is long, Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So okay. scroll down. You'll have to scroll down a little bit of a ways, and it'll be uh-huh. sustainable development goals, and that's where the 17 goals are. Yeah, I think we started to talk about them, or we, we I think we talked about everything else. We never quite got to the 17 goals. So means of implementation, yeah. follow-up and review, and no, I think I've gone too far. Our vision, declaration, introduction. Oh, that's what you have. So there's your, that in, no, so our vision, so our shared principles. So where are the 17 goals? 
or are they all part of that? Um, Does it start introduction? I'm correlate them That's the first them, goal, right? But they're, they're down further. Okay. So where do I start? Um, uh, just with number one, it's like past, have you found the seventeen goals? Uh, I've gotten to numbers. It starts off introduction. We, the heads of the state and government, and high representatives. That one. No. Okay. So where am I looking now? So I got preamble. What's what's the um, heading? I'll get there. Sustainable development goals. Okay. So I'm gonna scroll down a little further then. Yeah, they got a bunch of boy, they're wordy. This is why they never get anything done because they have too many words. So you look at our bills. You know how short our bills are compared to this nonsense? Ah, here we go. Sustainable development goals. Goal one. <laughs> Let's start there. Now yeah. I've got it. So if you Sorry for the delay. If you see like all of these 17 and scroll mm-hmm. down just one paragraph, it mm-hmm. shows and it goes into each one of these specifically of what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So first, um, I want to go over like just reading through the 17 goals. And okay. then I was going to have you go to each of the sections, like goal one, while I go uh-huh. to the declaration and see how they each correlate. Declarations are, are what exactly? Mm-hmm. Where, where's, how is that different? Well, the human rights declaration? Oh, wait, okay, so you're gonna, you, you've no, got no, the UN Declaration of Human Rights? That, I'm sorry? No. They're, no. they're uh, agenda declarations versus their goals. Oh, oh now okay now I'm now you got like me curious. What they all right. And what they do. Okay, let's let's yeah. uh, all right. Now I think you I think you're pointing out some uh, some huge hypocrisy here. This sounds valuable. So go ahead, continue on with the plan. Okay. So goal one is to end poverty in all its forms everywhere. Mm-hmm. Goal two is to end hunger, achieve food security, and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture. Goal three is to ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for, for all at all ages. Goal four, ensure inclusive and equitable quality education and promote lifelong learning opportunities for all. Goal five, achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. Goal six, ensure availability and sustainable management of water, sanitation for all. Water and sanitation for all. Mm-hmm. Goal seven. Ensure access to affordable, reliable, sustainable, and modern energy for all. Goal eight, promote sustained, inclusive, and sustainable economic growth, full and productive employment, and decent work for all. Goal nine, build resilient infrastructure, promote inclusive and sustainable industrialization to foster innovation. Goal ten, reduce inequality within and among countries. Goal 11, make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable. Goal 12, ensure sustainable consumption and production patterns. Goal 13, take urgent action to combat climate change and its impacts. Goal 14, conserve and sustainably use oceans, seas, and marine resources for sustainable development. Goal 15, protect, restore, and promote sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystems. What, what does that mean? Terrestrial ecosystem? That's Earth. Terrestrial um, is, is, is Earth brown, oh, like okay. Terra. I think it's, so this is what the word comes from. It's a Greek word. So that'd be land. That. So ecosystems would be land as opposed to ocean, ocean, yeah. oceanic ecosystems, which would be water. Okay. 
and then sustainably manage forests, combat desertification, halt and reserve land degradation, and halt biodiversity loss. Goal 16, promote peaceful and inclusive societies for sustainable development, provide access to justice for all, and build effective, accountable, and inclusive institutions at all levels. Strengthen the or Goal 17, strengthen the means of implementation and revitalize the global partnership for sustainable development. Acknowledge that the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change is the primary international intergovernmental forum for negotiating the global response to climate change. Now, a lot of this sounded very repetitive. Yeah, it but did. also it carried every single basis of human life. Food, mm -hmm. housing, life, work, education, the world we live on, everything under their mm -hmm. control. Yep. All under the guise of climate change. And and the, the absurdity of this yeah. is the fact that the that uh, the climate changes on its own. There are cycles. There are predictable cycles, um, and that uh, government really can't change a whole lot. Um, there is a video that I discovered this weekend from Dr. Patrick Moore, who's the former head of Greenpeace. Are you familiar with him at all and his work? Because you um, would find this. I think I've heard of him before, and I think I remember hearing that like he left because it got hijacked by a bunch of Marxists who didn't actually care. Just yeah, they weren't control. scientists either. Yeah, so Greenpeace got started by people who were real scientists, and they had two objectives. One was to stop atmospheric nuclear testing, in fact, nuclear testing in general, uh, and the second was to save the whales. And in both counts, they were extremely successful. This is back when I was a big Greenpeace supporter. Uh, and then they became this, this woke agenda, leftist, you know, all, you know, anything that goes against what we say is bad. Uh, carbon dioxide is bad. And, of course, Dr. Patrick Moore has this video saying, you people are idiots. You're morons. And what he confirmed, which I found fascinating, was, I don't know if you remember me talking about this in the last couple of months, that it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, in terms of uh, intelligent design, how, you know, God, you know, God us to where we could create uh, the Industrial Revolution. And the Industrial Revolution was fueled by organic fuels, you know, starting with wood and then coal, oil, natural gas, and then uranium. Uh, but what's interesting is as far as the, the uh, what they call fossil fuels, what I call organic fuels, wood, coal, oil, and natural gas, um, replace carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And what he was saying was that all life begins as carbon dioxide. It is critical for the cycle. And in the 1800s, we were at a critically low point of 180 parts per million. And he said this, and Gregory Wrightstone, the, the current director, who was actually a friend of mine of the CO2 coalition, said that um, at 150 parts per million, plants start to die. And when the plants start to die, everything else dies. And so we came within 30 parts per million of ending life on Earth, you know, given enough time. And it wasn't declining, you know, all at once, but it was, it was on a steady decline. And that the intervention of the burning of organic fuels has put carbon dioxide back into the atmosphere and restored a decent balance. Now, I think it's a couple, I think it's like 200. Ideally, we should be, I think, you know, two to 400 is like the minimum parts per million, but it was as high as 2,000 plus parts per million back when the dinosaurs were around and back when Anchorage, Alaska had palm trees. <laughs> you know, so, so it's, uh, it was fascinating. The earth was a greener place. Apparently, they, you go up, up uh, way above the Arctic Circle, up to the, the glaciers up, you know, near the North Pole. You dig down far enough, you do get palm trees, <laughs> you know, in the ice cores. Uh, of, you know, from, uh, you know, several million years ago. So it's fascinating to do that. But what was so interesting for me was confirming what I had said, that, uh, that we have to replace the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and burning organic fuels does that. And so these idiots come along from the UN and say, well, we have to get rid of carbon dioxide. So you might also just say we have to end life on Earth because that's what they're saying. 
But I, I always ask the question, what are the chances that at the one time when carbon dioxide is at its lowest, when all that carbon dioxide is locked up in the ocean because they're cooler uh, and locked up in, in petroleum that's under the ocean floor and, and uh, under the land, the terrestrial environment, you know, what are the chances that we would discover you know, machines, the internal combustion engine, the steam engine, at the very time we had to replace carbon dioxide or the earth was going to die? That can't be a coincidence. And yet these, these morons which don't understand that, don't understand how carbon dioxide is the basis of life, how it's all been locked up under the ground, how, how releasing it is a good thing. Of course, I made a rant at the end of the show Friday talking about how vital it was uh, for us to buy a big V8 sports car and drive it as fast as we could, as far as we could. So we can replace the carbon dioxide. That would be a good thing, which goes against everything everybody else says. <laughs> you know? But anyway, so you look at these goals, these sustainable goals, and what they're actually, you know, you should make them UN sustainable goals. In other words, unsustainable there's a play on words for you. So the UN, <laughs> I thought so too. I just made it up. So the, the UN sustainable, actually, if you put them together, it becomes unsustainable. And that's what it is. If you get rid of the carbon dioxide, we're dead, literally dead. And so this is why it's so important to, uh, and we've got at least 500 years of, of organic fuel anyway. So by then we're going to have nuclear fusion, cold fusion, all these fusions. All these, we'll have warp drive probably by then. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be Star Trek. You know, by the time before the oil runs out, <laughs> you know, so I'm not even worried about it. Um, so this is fascinating. So anyway, back to your goals. Bianca's on the line, so I'll get to them in a little bit. I want, I want to hear more about this. This is fascinating. So, yeah. So yeah, does that make sense? Earlier when we were, uh-huh, when we were talking about how, you know, it is easy to find, um, it popped in my head, but I was listening to some lady, I don't know her name, but she's one of the people from the United Nations, or maybe it was the World Economic Forum, actually. I don't know, but one of them. Um, Same thing. They were <laughs> talking globalist. to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they basically are the same thing. Um, <laughs> but she was talking to somebody, and they were talking about, um, you know, the Internet and misinformation and things like that. And she was saying that, and, and the media, and she was saying, like, one of the things they have is, um, there's actually two things. One person was saying, you know, well, we control the science. So I was like, okay. But this one was that, whenever people research things, the United Nations will always pop up first or whatever they have or whatever they have said will always pop up first whenever you go to look up something on your Internet. Oh, that's interesting. But they have that okay. kind of control over it. Well, you know, that that's one of the things we have in our, our bill, um, our, our censorship bill, uh, is, is to uh, anything that uh, touches – the search engines, any algorithms, any restrictions, any programming, any direction, any de-emphasizing of that stuff um, removes their liability uh, immunity, and they can be sued for that. And so this is why that bill is so important, because that would get rid of all that, that preemptive stuff. Like in, the, there was a, a thing where they used to look up, if you looked up the California Republican Party, it went right to the California Nazi Party, I mean, uh, which are direct opposites, <laughs> you know, conservatives versus, you know, national socialists. Uh, but that's how they did it. And it was crazy, but that's how they did it. So, yeah, search engines are terrible. I have to go to usually to page four before I get a decent source when I, when I do an inquiry on, on a search engine. Because I have to wait, especially if I do a news story, I've got to wade through all, the, all the, the leftist garbage before I get to uh, something I want to read. So I've developed my own, my own uh, file of news sources, you know, and, I, and I use them. Back to sustainable versus right. declaration. Yeah. Yes. So um, 
the declaration, okay, so the first one, it says, we, the heads of state and government and high representatives, meeting at the United Nations headquarters in New York from the 25th to 27th of September in 2015, as the organization celebrates its 70th anniversary, have decided today on new global sustainable development goals. That is the most terrifying sentence I've ever read. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have – well, I think, I think you, you, you terrified me when you first said we have decided. <laughs> Pretty much from there, you know, I think, I think we lost it. Yeah. So let's so let's get so, so let's do the let's do it again. So I want to hear the sentence one more time, just so many people make sure people hear it. So goal one of sustainable development is ending poverty in oh, all its forms everywhere, right? Oh, this is their first declaration. Okay. So did you want did you want to compare that to the goals? The, yes. Well, not every single piece of it. But yes. All right, let's see, let's see which goals apply, and let's see which are. So give me that sentence one more time, just so that people, we get, we get kind of locked into our brains here. Okay, it says, we, the heads of state and government and high mm-hmm. representatives, meeting at the United Nations headquarters in New York from the 25th to 27th of September 2015, as the organization celebrates its 70th anniversary have decided today on a new global sustainable development goals. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that big of them? Well, first of all, it doesn't apply to the United States because that's not a, they have no authority over us. The UN, the UN has no real authority, uh, except what other nations give it. But, uh, but as far as uh, they don't have any claim, uh, they're not in the Constitution. The Constitution does not allow us to delegate any authority or the Congress to delegate any authority to any world body or any other body in, at, at all anyway. So they're, they're basically spouting nonsense. It's, it's like everybody's panicking. You know how people are panicking over this UN, uh, this WHO treaty? The WHO, the World Health Organization. Well, they're going to take over our sovereignty. They're going to they're tell us what to do in a pandemic. No, they can't. Only if you let them. But they have no power over us. They have no jurisdiction. So the fact that these elitists, you know, incredibly dangerous people, as you said, um, have made this statement that we have decided, we the heads of state have decided. You know, if you notice, anything that comes out of the UN, there's two words that are, that are never present. One is individual, and the second is rights. They never talk about rights, and they never talk about the individual, ever, in anything that they do. I looked, I looked, looked at those goals. I was looking for it. It's not there. That declaration, that sentence you read, we the heads of state have, who have not consulted anybody else except people that agree with us at the highest levels of, of elitism, have decided for you the, the following. Illuminati. Well, that's another story too. So, so who are the Illuminati? Who do you understand them to be? Um, I understand the Illuminati to be this big. I, I would say kind of like in a, a government kind of form, if I, I was to give it a organization form. But basically, it kind of has a hand in every basket of controlling a little bit of every bit of uh, government and money, uh, government and money in control around the world. Yeah, but how do they do that, though? See, this is this is the thing. That, I mean, Jesse's big on this kind of stuff, and she'll she'll talk all the time about these different groups and you know how our lawyers are run by England and things like that. It's like how do they actually do that? Where the United States is a chartered company? I said, well, chartered by whom? What higher power has chartered the United States and regulates everything we do? And there isn't one. So a lot of stuff you have to kind of think of. Yeah, okay, I think it, it comes down to like mm-hmm. money, power, and secrecy. And have you heard of like the group or committee of like 
I think it might be like 300 or something. Yeah, the Committee of 300, the Bilderberg, like nobody the Illuminati. Yeah, these are all the same basic yeah. um, group that people fear. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you look at the, 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 that first sentence defines who these people are. You know, you can call them whatever you want, but it still comes down to the heads of state, the elite, the people that agree with them, the globalists, the world government types, you know, all the folks that uh, think they have power when they don't, unless yes. we give it to them. So that's so the scariest, it is a scary sentence if it were true. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, it's not true. And we're going to talk about that more in the third hour. So let, let me get, um, uh, let me see if Pianchi has a quick question for us here before we continue into more of this. I don't want to get off track here. Pianchi, you want to add something to our, our uh, conversation here? Yeah, good morning. A couple of things. You talk about CO2. Well, that means we got to give up our pizzas. Once <laughs> in the process of making pizzas and eating, you release CO2. And I don't think people want to give up their pepperoni pizza. And, you well, know, here's another the, thing, too. The, the, the carbon pizza print, is that what you're going to tell me now? <laughs> yes, you know, I'm... I've well, taken on the hobby of I'm learning a lot of things. It's very fun. But here's another thing, too. We talk about digital currency. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people use, when, when their intellectual property is used, they should be paid for it through their digital currency account. When you are subjected to advertisement that you didn't ask for, or when you happen to be plundered with a lot of information that you didn't request, then before it can be appeared to you, uh, that entity should pay you for your intellectual existence. They should pay towards your account. There are websites, I'm sorry, there are browsers that try to do that, and it should be looked at. Okay, let me, let me you know, hold on. I want to get no. Hold on a second. I want to get a response from Brian on that. But as far as I know, that like Facebook, for example, uh, or a lot of websites or even movie sites, you you can pay not to see the advertising. See, the advertisers pay for you. So the reason Facebook is free is because you're giving them personal information. That's your currency. Uh, the reason that uh, a movie channel will will show advertising if it's free uh, is because somebody has to pay for it somehow. But if if you want to pay for it to not see advertising, uh, then that then that works too. But that's a whole different thing. But let me hold off on that. I want to get back to Brianna's agenda. Here, so Brianna, do you have a comment on that? Uh, that uh, as to how you know that, that uh, we're losing our intel- the intellectual, uh, um, I guess, currency is digital currency. Did you that kind of equivalency? Do you see that at all? Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, if we let them have the power, anything can happen. They can go to the worst. So I think the biggest thing right now is like not necessarily what can happen because the worst can happen here, but it's more right. like. When can we stop it from happening? Yeah. And also, um, and on Brianna's subject, hold, hold on. You know, no, I want to. I'm just going to hold you up for a second because I really want to get her report. Yeah, hold on. No, sorry. <laughs> I know what you want to say, but uh, let me let me get back to her on track here because we only have about 20 minutes, and we'll be, we'll have a chance to talk about this in the third hour. So back to you, Brianna. Okay. Um. So we won't be able to get through all of them today. Oh but no, that's I know okay. That. <laughs> So right here it says, um, this is on the declaration part. Uh It says, on behalf of the peoples we serve, we have adopted a historic decision on a comprehensive, far-reaching, and people-centered 
set of universal and transformative goals and targets. We commit ourselves to working tirelessly for the full implementation of this agenda by 2030. We recognize that by that eradicating poverty in all its forms and dimensions, including extreme poverty, is the greatest global challenge and an indispensable requirement for sustainable development. We are committed to achieving sustainable development in its three dimensions, economic, social, environmental, in a balanced and integrated manner. We will also build upon the achievements of the Millennium Development Goals and seek to address their unfinished business. That's something new I haven't heard, the Millennium Development Goals. So, did you say Millennial or Millennium? Is it with an M or an L? Millennium. So Millennium is 1,000 years. So that would be the goal by uh, the year 2100 would be the next millennium. No, I wouldn't. Next millennium would be 3,000. Because <laughs> we're talking about millennium is 1,000 years. Right? Yes. So I don't know what they're talking about. Unless they're talking about the – this is why I asked you, because this is, is this the millennial generation? Um, well, mine is, I think, Generation Z, I think. Um, yeah. But millennials, I think, maybe like 30s or something, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's the there's generation Gen X, uh, which would be the one after. I'm a baby boomer. Uh, Pianchi's a baby boomer, and so that would be being born before 1960. Although some say 65. Next, I think was Gen X, and then the millennials after that. Uh, my daughter's a millennial, uh, and um, then at, she's at the end of that, and then I guess Gen Z is the next one. So that'd be the most recent. You're, whatever the most recent generation is, you're it. You're in it. Whatever they call it, I know that. So uh, yeah, well, I think they have two after me. Two after you? One or two. Generations? That's yeah, impossible. I think they generation one thirty years. Generation Alpha. Generation Alpha? What the first one? In other words, the 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 the, the first one that's going to be uh, transhuman, biomechanical, genetically infused, you know, non-human humans. Yeah, that. Look up, look up Generation Alpha for next week. I'm going to put that down. This sounds really interesting. Because alpha is the beginning. So why would you have, at this point in life, the beginning generation? Huh. Yeah, I thought of that, too. I thought of it, like, that's a weird name for, for a generation, because, you know, it usually means beginning. But I thought they were just coming up with random words. But you're right. There may oh, be something Oh, no, no, no. It's, <laughs> nothing's random. Nothing, the, the, the symbolism is real. Why do you think uh, Lenin's birthday is Earth Day? There's a reason for that. Because the goal of Earth Day is communism. Right. Yeah, I was actually learning mm-hmm. about um, Karl Marx and like who like a biography kind of standpoint of him. Um, and honestly, his family hated him. They were killing themselves. Like he hated. They hated him so much. His wife wanted to <laughs> well, die. He was dirty. He was scraggy. He was a moocher off of everybody. He didn't work. He didn't support himself. And he was disgusting. Yeah. You know, he could Typical covered in like boils and. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is like was the like, Yeah, go ahead. And he was, everybody would call him the devil or Satan. Like his daughter, or was it his wife? I think it was his daughter, wrote him a letter, and it was Dear Devil. And, like, they would all call him that. Everybody hated him. And I forgot what they called it, but in a cemetery he was buried in was some kind of satanic place. Too. So I was like, wow, I did not know all that. That, <laughs> that kind of surprised me. I mean, Surprising me the fact that I didn't know it. Not surprising me that it was him. 
you know, it'd be interesting to do is, is to let's talk about his life history sometime and let's go into in some detail and then see how uh, the world adopted a philosophy from an absolute pig uh, and someone who was probably Satan inspired um, to create a system that ends up killing millions of people while promising equality for all. And so what's the difference yeah, between communism that and, and the effects? Go ahead. Yeah, the effects of communism have killed more people than mm-hmm. World War One and World War Two times two. Mm-hmm. The, the greatest enemy people face, yeah, the greatest other than natural causes of death and disease, the greatest enemy people face uh, is their own government, and that's been proven throughout history. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's relate. I want to talk a couple of definitions here. Uh, sustainable development, and then let's talk about the economic, social, and environmental impacts of those because because they're using this idea of development being sustainable. Well, sustainable to who and what does that mean? Did you get any definitions for that, or, or how do you see that? No, well, there might be somewhere in here where they describe it, but I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. But how I read it is controlling the world goals. But I think what they want other people to read it as is as we're going to make the earth last longer and be healthy goals. Mm-hmm. Well, sustain means to maintain something. If you say, let me look at, let's look up the definition of sustain. That would be a good, good place for us to start here. To sustain, because they always, you know, whatever, whatever they talk about is the opposite, right? Strengthen or support physically or mentally is first definition, bear the weight of, undergo or suffer something unpleasant, especially an injury. Well, sounds like what they're trying to do. Cause to continue or to be prolonged in a, for an extended period, sustained, like if you sing a note and sustain it. Uh, uphold, affirm, or confirm the justice or validity of. Oh, here we go. That's interesting. The allegations of discrimination were sustained. That's like in a court, when you, when you have an objection, it's either overruled or sustained, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So strength, strengthen or support physically or mentally. Um, so as I understand, and I actually took environmental philosophy in college back in the 80s when liberals were much more prevalent, um, well, actually, before they took over the college campuses, but we actually talk about things. Sustainable development. Uh, the, the clearest example is a forest where you plant a tree for a tree that you cut down. So, you, so if you have a forest of trees, if you cut all the trees down, you haven't sustained it, have you? You destroyed it. No. But if you plant a tree for yeah. every tree that you cut down, right? And if you, if you manage the, the cutting, if you cut every fifth tree of a species and you allow the others to grow back, or agriculture, when you rotate crop fields. So in other words, if you, if you farm a field until all the nutrients are gone, you have not sustained that field. But if you rotate crops and you do different crops at different times, except tobacco, because then you can't grow anything after that. Uh, it poisons the soil. I don't know where I learned that from. But if, you know how they rotate crops? You know, for, and, and they'll let a field not, uh, not grow anything at all for maybe a year or two just to let the nutrients go back in? That's sustainable. So that's, that's the, the true definition of sustainable. What these people are talking about is, is, I think, trading beef for bugs because they say beef is not sustainable. So they lie about it, and they'll say, okay, so we, we don't think you should eat uh, beef anymore. Uh, that's non-sustainable. Yeah, aren't they farming some kind of fly? Uh, I think it's roads, cockroaches, crickets, grasshoppers. I think it's all kinds of weird things. Could be a fly. I don't want to eat flies. I have on bike rides by accident, but that's another story. I'm teasing you. <laughs> But so so what? All right, so here's a question for you: Why what? Why would they farm bugs? Why would they say you know don't eat beef? You know get rid of your burgers, your steaks, your prime rib, you know your barbecue, and trade it for for bugs? What kind of idiots would think that we would want to do that? 
Only idiots. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where – it's almost like a self-answering question. So why, though? Why would they think this is somehow a good idea? What kind of people – who are these people that, that, that rise to these positions and think that somehow it's their job to make us eat bugs? That's, that's got to be a, some kind of insanity. I would say it's demon-possessed, but I think insanity is kind of merged in there. Yeah, and how do these people get to be billionaires in the first place? All right, so sustainable. So, so does that make sense, you know, plant a tree for a tree you cut? Does that make sense for sustainable as a definition? Yeah. Okay, so now what do you think these people are saying? Or like building a washer that works and doesn't go out like every two years. Well, that's a good idea too. So if you have – so have you heard the term built-in obsolescence? I didn't think about this till just now. Do you know what built-in obsolescence is? No. Okay, that's when a company makes a product so good <laughs> that it lasts too long and they don't make a profit. So they, they build in. I've heard of that. Uh, I just the, don't know the term. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's a built-in obsolescence. So obsolete. So it comes from the word obsolete. So another obsolete something is already past its time. So if you have uh, a car and you want to sell more cars, you know, if you can make a car that can last half a million miles, that's, that's great for the consumer. Um, but they're not going to pay for it because <laughs> it's going to be too expensive. Um, for them to the car companies to make a profit because people would only need a car every, you know, 15, 20, 25 years. So that's no good. They have, they want people buying cars every other year, at least preferably every year. And, and so they, they build an obsolescence, the Japanese cars when they first came out, I had a Toyota Tercel that lasted 420,000 miles. Yes, we rebuilt the engine, but it was the same engine <laughs> the car came with. Uh, that was pretty sustainable, but it wasn't profitable. So the question is, well, this is, let's pursue this. So is sustainable profitable? Or is that the goal? Is the goal sustainable yeah. maybe to take out the profit? Now, I don't like built-in obsolescence. I'm going to buy a quality good over a cheap good because I know it's going to last longer. I'll get more value for my money. But how does, how does profitable fit into sustainable in terms of how these globalists think? Yeah, well, the thing is they want to take profit away. That's part of equity here. Where's that? Where do you find that? And. Um, they in the goals they're talking a lot about equitable and in and reducing inequality. Okay, so goal ten: reduce inequality within and among countries. Well, inequality is whenever two things are not the same, right? So what that would the, I assume they're talking about the wealth, the income, the property. So how would you reduce yeah. inequality? So what's the only way you can reduce inequality between nations that are independent of each other? Make them all the same. How? Um, by tearing them all down to the lowest level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you oppress everybody. So equality, uh, you know, workers of the world unite, power to the people, you know, you know, make everybody the same. The only way to do that is to oppress everybody. And the only way you can do that is you have to take from everybody that has property and give it to everybody who doesn't. You have to take all the wealth from the people that earned it and give it to those that haven't earned it so that everybody has the same amount. That's communism. That's Marx who said from each according to his means, which means your property, to each according to their needs, which is what people you know, want of your property. So this is pure communism. This is not, that's not sustainable. That's oppression. That's, that's complete destruction. It actually is unsustainable. You, I mean, n- name one nation that has been sustainable under communism. That didn't collapse. 
So saying about under communism, none of them. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I so guess you could say, you know, China's lasting, like it's still there, but the people mm-hmm. aren't doing very well. No, China's only existing for one reason. There's only one reason that communism could survive in China and keep that country going. What's that? The weakness of the people. No, it's being funded by capital countries, namely us. So China is a communist country that uses capital from capitalist countries by buying off our politicians, primarily the Bidens, by going into countries all over the world, taking the resources, making, they're basically loan sharks. They'll make loans to different countries um, with the condition of, if you don't pay it back, we're going to seize all kinds of other stuff. And countries are like, oh, we'll just take the money, we'll be fine. Because they used to the United States letting them default on loans. So all of a sudden China comes in and doesn't let these countries default on loans and as, as predatory loan sharks. So they use, they use free markets in an unfree way um, to seize things. And they're using capitalism to maintain communism. But communism cannot be maintained under its own system because it always collapses. So communism, by definition, is unsustainable. So to talk about sustainable goals with a system that is, by definition, unsustainable is a hypocritic you know, contradiction. That, you know, so, so basically they're lying. That's what I'm saying. That what they're proposing is a total lie. Yeah, I really like the way that you broke that down. That makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you. I just made it up. Um, but I'm gonna... <laughs> I literally just make stuff up. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I want to bring Priyanki back before you start. before you have to go. But uh, if you want to do another one, um, or or I'll take a, a quick comment from him. I want to go over goal one, or at least this first part of goal one, real fast. Okay. So before Marco, Marco. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So Marco in the Phil- uh, in uh, in the Netherlands says Gen X is 1977 or later. So yeah. So you're definitely. We'll, we'll look up what you are. You're, you're born at Marco. People that are born after the year 2000, what are they? And so he'll he'll get back to us. He's, he's listening in the Netherlands. Well, there's loves instant communication. I ask a question on my microphone here in Milton, Florida, and I get an answer from the Netherlands within like 30 seconds. <laughs> it's incredible. All right, go ahead. Tell me the next thing you want to make, and then I'll uh, bring Pianki back right before so I have to go. Goal one. Uh-huh. Goal one was to end poverty in all its forms everywhere. And there is um, a video that I was watching, and I don't remember the numbers. I'm kind of bad at these numbers, but mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm going to correlate it to what is here. It says number one of the goal one of ending poverty in all its forms everywhere is by 2030 eradicate extreme poverty for all people everywhere. Currently measured as people living on less than a one dollar and twenty five cents a day. Mm-hmm. And it says by 2030, reduce at least half the pop. By 2030, reduce at least by half the proportion of men, women, and children of all ages living in poverty in all dimensions, according to national definitions. Hmm. Number three, implement nationally appropriate appropriate social protection systems and measures for all, including floors. And by 2030, achieve sustainable coverage of the poor and vulnerable. Number four, by 2030, ensure that all men and women, and particularly the poor and vulnerable, have equal rights to economic resources, as well as access to basic services, ownership, and control over land and other forms of property, inheritance, natural resources, appropriate new technology, and financial services, including microfinance. 
By 2030, build the resilience of the poor and those in the vulnerable situations and reduce their exposure to vulnerability to climate-related extreme events and other economic, social, and environmental shocks and disasters. Ensure significant mobilization of resources from a variety of sources, including through enhanced development cooperation, in order to provide adequate and predictable means for developing countries, and particularly least development least developed countries to implement programs and policies to end poverty in all its dimensions. Create sound policy frameworks at the national, regional, and international levels based on pro-poor and gender-sensitive development strategies to support accelerated investment in pro poverty and, eradicate, and eradication actions. I think they're kind of doing that in America already. Um, one of the things that I really want to highlight here is the very first one, where it says, by 2030, eradicate extreme poverty for all people everywhere, currently measured as people living on less than $1.25 a day. Now, I want to read this. So what I learned is that um, I was watching this video of, I think he was some professor, and basically he was showing this example of, of basically immigration and poverty in a mm -hmm. bunch of different countries, and he was using it in gumballs which is kind of fun, but he'd have a ton of gumball jars, and each gumball would represent a certain number of people. Okay. And he would have each of them labeled with different countries or areas. And he had one stack, and it was like maybe four or five rows over, and they were stacking different heights, but some of them were like four high or three high. And what he was saying is all of these are uh, the countries in poverty around the world. And in each one, what that is is people who make less than $2 a day, mm -hmm. less than $2 a day. Now, that, and that was kind of like the basis for what um, the, uh, what was it called, the World Bank. That's what the World Bank had put out as like the basis of the, the poverty line to understand like who all made under $2 a day throughout the world. And because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, America's like, oh, we're helping with this you know, world poverty problem by helping people come in here, but he was actually explaining how we're actually making it worse because we only have, like, maybe two gumballs out of all, all of this, and it really makes it work to be worse because those two gumballs that we take out of it are the two gumballs that could help change things over in one of the other jars, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, one of the things that I... For me, at least, what I see here is it says people living on less than 125 a day. So it says on less than, and it doesn't say equal to or anything else or around. So what I kind of am, am speculating here, this is all speculation, is that 125 a day might be the base payment, where like you don't, where that's like the basis of their poverty, you know, where as long as you make 125 or above a day, you know, you're out of extreme poverty. But right now, the poverty line is like two, if you get less than $2 a day. Well, that's still 75 cent range of today's poverty. So just on speculation, are they just kind of changing the definition and having like that is just the basis of not going under that? You know, it's interesting. Um, it, when they say that, we always relate it to our own situation. So $1.25 a day sounds like an absurdly low level of money. But if you remember that inflation example I just calculated when we we're talking about civil trials at $20 in the Seventh Amendment, well, $20 yeah. in, in 1913, when, when inflation really started, is $607 today. 
So that's a big difference. So, so our biggest problem with, with is inflation. So if you take countries that haven't had inflation, how much is that $1.25 worth? What if you can buy a loaf of bread and, uh, and a gallon of milk for five cents? You know, if you can do that, then, then that's, that can, that, you know, then, uh, and you still got a uh, $1.20 left, then that $1.25 goes a long way. So it's all relative as to how much things cost. You know, how much inflation, how much, you know, the cost of it is. And how much, and if you're living in a a country that's poverty, are we talking about people that are growing their own food? A lot of the the, the countries, the poorest countries, uh, a lot of people grow their own food or hunt their own food and do what they can. Like we used to do in this country during the Depression. You know, people would take out the 22 rifle and go shoot rabbits to keep their family going. Well, what's the cost of that? Well, that's the cost of a a round of 22 ammunition. Well, that's a whole lot different than, than taking your family out to a restaurant in the Depression. You know, same thing. You're still feeding your family. But you're doing it a different way. So, so costs, whenever I hear economic arguments, I always relate all these other things in. But this is, what you're talking about is incredibly dangerous. And again, equal, you made some comment, one of these things, equal rights to economic property? You know, there's no right to um, property. Yes. We should go back over this earlier. The early ones were bad enough. I mean, they're all bad. But the early ones were the worst of them. Yeah. Oh, Gen, Gen Z is... is you're not even Gen Z. Well, you might be Gen. Yeah, you're Gen Z. 1997 to 2012. That's you. Yeah, I'm Gen Z. Okay, good. Glad we. Thanks, Marco. See, I told you. You ask a question, we get everything. <laughs> All right. Um, before you, I'm going to check back with Pianchi real quick. And Pianchi, I'm going to leave you on for for Josie, obviously. And Josie will be here anytime now. Um, well, but let, uh, me, let me explain a couple of things. Well, <laughs> no, talk about quickly because China's going to have to go. So I don't know. Well, you got some things that you're leaving out in the discussion. You made a comment about China and they were collateralized your resources. Well, the West does the same thing. The IMF, the World Bank, does the same thing that we're saying that China do. If you borrow money, if you don't pay it back, they're gonna come in and they're gonna capture your natural resource. Now, on this dollar twenty-five cents a day, you're absolutely right. Based on their currency. That's why world currency is dangerous. Based on their currency, a dollar twenty-five cents makes you poor, but it doesn't put you in poverty. Anyone yeah, can say you're poor. And here's another thing too. Okay. Uh, another reason why come world currency is bad because nations with natural resources can monetize those resources based on their currency but they have to have other things to go along with it, and that's a skilled workforce. And if you don't have that, you can't take those current, those uh, resources out the ground. And as the labor force does it, they're paid with the nation's currency, not a U.S. dollar or whatever we're talking about going to now. We used to have land grants, too, for colleges. They're actually paid in land. Yeah, that makes a lot. There's alternate currencies, too. Uh, there's Josie. So let me just hold you up. Uh, good points. Uh, Brandy, do you want to react to that or, or finish up on, on some of these other yeah. uh, on this other point? Go ahead. Why is yeah. that fast? And that's what I was thinking about, too, whenever you said that, too, because that makes sense because I didn't factor that in. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, uh, Pianga makes a good point, too. That, uh, again, the currencies are, are – there's a lot of ways of currency. And like I said, I, I said you can grow food. Pianga talking about all the natural resources that are currency. You know, labor is a currency. 
Um, so all these different things kind of add into it. So let's pick this up. I want to do those, those definitions again next week because the, I want to talk about the idea, first of all, that the idea that, that people have a right to property. I think that's really key because that's, that's what these globalists believe, that they control the property, that property is a right, that they can distribute, that people have a right to other people's property, which is fundamentally against everything we stand for. But that's what they believe, and that's how they're going to end poverty, by making everybody live in poverty. Again, it's like they always come back to communism. So let me get your last thought on that, and then I'm going to bring on Josie. Good report today. This is Brianna Cannon with Government Inquiry on Action Radio. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> Did you have an, I guess you have to go. You don't have a last point? That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we'll pick it up next time. Thanks, Brianna. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border, from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey. Yeah, just a, just a word uh, for everybody that calls. Brianna brings a lot of information. She brings a lot of prepared stuff. And so I try and let her go as much as possible with that. And even so, I still, you know, jump in that. But that's why I don't take a lot of calls or commentary during her report because she does, you know, put so much into organizing uh, something prepared. And then we get to kind of, you know, analyze it and dissect it. But I really like to stay on topic with her just because, because she does put so much time uh, and has a really specific amount of things that she wants to cover. All right. Josie, good morning. Good morning. Yes. Good talk. Buenos dias. Good with you. Yeah. <laughs> Konnichiwa, Josie-san. What other languages can we throw in here? Good. Brianna yeah. is getting better and better every time yep. I listen to her. Yeah, I told her that last time, good, too. Good, good. So she knows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, she's a superstar. Well, we had a good time making that video. I send it to mm-hmm. everybody. Has Bianchi seen it? Bianchi, have you seen the video <laughs> of Josie? Pardon me? there. <laughs> Did you see Josie's video that we made the last Saturday? Yeah, I think I did take a look at it. Okay, good. Last Saturday. That's, that's like last year. Yeah, I didn't know you had the directing uh, blood in you. I was wearing a that's yellow a shirt, and it happened that he was wearing yellow, too. So I was like, this is crazy. We're going to coordinate better next time. I'll, I'll bring a contrasting color. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun. I send it to all my friends. and they, they like say? it. They say, oh, now you're selling eggs crazy. Well, yeah, green eggs, too. Green eggs and ham. You became like Mike Lindell. It was hysterical. Because once you start talking about the honey, for those who don't know, if you go to the Action Radio video page or, or uh, any number of other places you know, around Facebook, uh, Josie and I made a video. So I'm trying to get all, all reporters um, that are in the area uh, get like a half-hour video. In fact, Pianchi, if you want to do one for all, all our folks that are scattered around the country. You know, if you make your own video, we'll we'll that in too, uh, or we'll do like a Zoom call. We'll figure out something, or we'll all interview when we get together, uh, all of us. But so, so we made a video, and it was in in, in Ruth's uniform shop in, in Josie's store, 
and it was fabulous. But first of all, we get the honey. So we bring that up to the camera. Uh, and then she says, well, I've got my eggs, too. She's got these organic eggs. And, of course, two of them are green. So we're joking <laughs> about that, green eggs and ham. But you, you just, like, you reminded uh, me of of, uh, of I Love Lucy and, you know, Vitamin Mike and Benjamin. Lindell. <laughs> Mike Lindell, too, uh, yeah. So so that was it was kind of funny. Uh, but once you got into it, you got into it. And it just you just told your story. It was, it was an incredible story. Oh, yeah. We, we, it was like making a commercial. <laughs> it was. was. Cute. Well, do you want to send it to Mike Lindell? <laughs> It'd be kind of funny. Sure. I know He's people. selling everything now, that guy. Yeah. He should and, be selling uh, extra best radio. Craft and beyond, it, it, it looks like they're going out of business, you know? So. so what happened with that? Because do you know anything about that story? I mean, I, I've been in, I guess, rarely, you know, but, but well, um, they used to be huge. I remember lot, they were everywhere 20 years ago. A lot of conservative people shop at Best Pass and Beyond. So we have boycotted them. I don't go there anymore. Mm-hmm. So it started uh, because of uh, they, they boycotted my pillow, uh, selling them in their stores. So they're going bye-bye. So we're, we're excited I mean, about you, it. It's sad, but that... at the same time, they should have not got involved with it. Well, you can have another store can take their place, and but this is part of the problem. It's like as Fox News becomes leftist, you know, where are the billionaires creating another conservative network? You've got Newsmax, which is like Fox Light, and you've got one American News, which isn't big yeah. enough yet. Uh, but we need – this should be like three or four conservative networks. But the, the conservatives don't put their money into uh, things like that. Or how about a conservative – you know, how about Mike Lind- – well, what if Mike Lindell – well, Mike Lindell's kind of bed, bath, and beyond anyway. He's got the bed stuff. With my pillow and my sheets and my yeah. things like that, I don't know if he does bad stuff. I don't know what he oh, do for Beyond. What my coffee, <laughs> you know? But I guess my slippers. The master yeah. got paid big bucks to to get his uh, merchandise out of the stores, you know. So he said, "Okay, I'm going to sell them on my own," and he's doing very well selling them cheaper. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been buying all my sheets, um, and they're the best. And I'm mm. not saying that just because he's Mike Landell. Mm. Let me tell you, the sheets are the best that I have ever had in my bed. Wow. The pillows are not the best because they come in a little ball when you get them, and you have to kind of, like, play around and stretch them out, you know. They're mm-hmm. okay. I got, I got them in my bed right now, my pillow and the sheets. And the, the towels. The things we find oh out God, on this report. <laughs> Sorry. The mm. towels are one of the best. Okay. They dry you like it should, like the old days when we had those. They were like cheaper towels back in the old days, but now the new towels, they don't even dry you at all. So I stopped buying that. I'm buying the, the ones from Mike Landell. Yeah, they're best, the best. Yeah, yeah so I have I've them too, actually, them because to people they, uh, we, you know we're mm-hmm. an affiliate, right? If, we're an affiliate of MyPillow. In fact, the discount code is WYL. You know, that's why I play their ads, so I can mm-hmm, make a new yeah. ad for them. But, uh, yeah, so anybody that wants to do that, uh, we're an affiliate. Look at the broadcast page. We have several places where we are an affiliate. Uh, Grace Care, uh, the other places there, Strike Force, mm-hmm. you know, Energy Drinks. We have, uh, we have a few sponsors that oh, yeah. uh, you, you can get. Uh, and you're helping Action Radio because, you know, we get uh, part of the discount. And so that's how that works out. So anybody that wants to purchase those things, Good. do it through Action Radio. Help us out. Plus our $10 subscription to... Well, that didn't have to be. I'm just suggesting $10 a month uh, for our Substack, and I have new Substacks coming in all the time, like the conservative response to the minimum wage. Anyway, um, speaking of, of, of uh, money and stuff, um, oh, Pianki put this in. If a nation borrows from the IMF or the World Bank and they default, their natural resources will be seized if you have an account with the bank and you default on your credit card that will take your money from your savings account. Yeah, so 
I'm not sure, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that next week with, with Brianna. But as far as the, 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 the China, I'm not sure how they do it, but they're like a loan shark. I know they'll, they'll loan money, and if you don't pay it back, then uh, I think they own whatever property they're developing. So it's uh, mm. try stuff there. Yeah. Anyway, so and, back to you, Jesse. What's, what's, what's your, on your mind you, this week? Yeah. I ahead. know you were talking to her about the Illuminati's and all that. I heard my name a little bit there, but. Well, yeah, because we know you, you know stuff about that. So, so illuminate us as to the Illuminati, if you care to. Illuminati's are Masons, part of the Masons. And, uh, you know, the Masons from the old days, way back, they were totally different, but then they totally changed. They're controlling the world, the Masons with the Illuminati's. They're the same people. So, so the Masons, England. Well, so, all right, let's talk about this because this is interesting. So the Masons start off as Masons. I mean, literally stone Masons. It's a craft guild, and so yeah. as a craft, they yeah, also became. They also joined with Christians uh, and formed a, a society of Masons. You know, our, most of our founding fathers were Masons, and I think the term Freemason uh, to separate them from. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what. I need to look more into this. So we, I, you know, let me do a show on the Masons because this would be interesting. My. Uh, my uh-huh. husband's uncle, he was a true Mason years ago, but he was not involved in all this devil worshiper and all this uh, adrenochrome and torture and sacrifice and little kids and all that. And this mm-hmm. is what they're doing, these people. This is out well, of control. Yeah, but the Masons are, are all other, like the Shriners are Masons. Shriners mm-hmm. Hospital is Masons. They're thirty-second yeah. degree masons, yeah. and so you can't say mm-hmm. that all you know the masons are adrenochrome, child trafficking, sex slave, horrible, the disgusting people. I think are different than the masons. No, I think they're different. Well, they're higher level. They're thirty-second degree. So if you're a shriner, you're a thirty-second degree mason. That's what a shriner is. And mm-hmm. so these different groups, you know, the, the Aleppo group, which is the one I remember from California, and some of the other folks, um, you know, that run around the parades with the, with the fezes. <laughs> they have an interesting hat. Uh, I'm not sure where yeah. that comes from either. Uh, but it, that looks like a, a Muslim symbol for a Christian-based religion. I find it fascinating how that, how that crossover happened. But the Masons, per se, like I said, there was a craft guild. There was a union of people that were free to sell their craft. I mean, the craft unions, you know, got together as opposed mm-hmm. to the, you know, as a protection uh, for their craft. That's why the Mason symbol is the compass, the plumb bob, um, the all watching eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got, but those are building mm-hmm. tools. The eye. Compass mm-hmm. and plumb, plumb bob to make something. The yeah. compass to measure angles. Priyanka, go ahead. The Egyptian symbols. Well, that's that's even more interesting then. So, so if the Masons go back to Egypt, so when did the Masons, you know, come about with Christianity? I don't know. Well, they they're don't want one for it. They don't want the, Yeah, they left foot for it. The apron, their symbols, the square, the plumb bob, all this ancient Egyptian. So, were were there Masons who built the pyramids then? Were they in a craft guild? Well, you had masons, masons that worked on the stones. Yeah, that's yeah, stone masons. But as far as masons are organization, no, they wouldn't even exist then. So they've taken the, but they they use the same tools that they used in Egypt. So did Egypt develop those? I mean, they're, you know, it's pretty basic tools when you think about it. They're very common sense. Well, I, I yeah, they developed. They developed the. Geometry is geometry is extensively used in the building of equilateral pyramids. Those pyramids have four sides. Many of them only have three. 
So that's that's a huge development right there. Now, when I think of, of geometry, I think of Greeks like Pythagoras. So, but the Greeks were were after the Egyptians, weren't they? Wasn't the Egyptian Egyptians building pyramids no, before the Greeks? Greeks so Pythagoras and them went to Egyptian schools to learn. Oh, okay. Egyptians had that before Greek did. That's no, what I thought. I thought say, the, it, most of uh-huh. Most of Hollywood, it's um, it's uh, Illuminati, you know. Most how do they of get them, to be Illuminati? Uh, how, how does how does one get to join the Illuminati? How, where, where do you go? How do you do it? Or do they ask you? It's like a cult. It's like okay. a cult, just like the Jehovah's Witness. And once you get in, you cannot get out. They'll kill you if you try to leave. So uh, if you want to leave Jehovah's Witness kill to kill you, you? I don't think so. Well, no, no, you, no. What? I'm just saying. The, the Jehovah's Witness is like a cult. You're not allowed to go to somebody else's church. You're not allowed to celebrate your birthday. You're not allowed to uh, to uh, take blood, like if you're dying in a hospital. You're not allowed to to wear pants in church. You're not allowed. There's a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody got raped in the Kingdom Hope or in their in their religion, there the group, you're not allowed to call the law. The elders will take care of it, and it's a bunch of crap, you know? This, you know, Will does that too, Lucy. The Jesuits huh? do the same thing. The Jesuits do the same thing with their Christianity. In African countries, they run these schools where the kids go to, and they tell you not to mm-hmm. speak your language. If you speak your language, they put a dead goat's head around your neck, and you have to wear it. So they all mm-hmm. got those uh, cult-like uh, mm-hmm. rituals. Yeah, but this Illuminati is huge, huge, huge. Uh, that's what they do with a lot of our little kids. Uh, over 70,000 kids vanish from the foster system in our country, and that's what they've been doing. And they're torturing. They, they take the adrenochrome first. They electrocute a lot of these babies to put them in so much pain to drain the adrenochrome. And this adrenochrome has been uh, drank by uh, Hollywood because they want to look young, and it's been going on for a long time. And I believe that's why the Illuminatis are part of uh, the CIA and all these people and killed JFK because he disagreed with that, with the child trafficking way back. And also Martin Luther King was murdered too. And, uh, and, and the list goes on and on and on, you know. Okay, you, uh, you put a bunch of issues together here. Let's let, uh, let's go. Let's talk about this yeah. adrenochrome, which is adrenaline, you know, from basically children. And so the question is, if this practice has anybody, been going on, but, yeah. but they they want kids. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is what I understood because I remember the, the initial report that we had on this, you know, three years ago. <laughs> so my question is, if this has been yeah. going on with all the Hollywood elites, how come nobody's talking about it? How, how can they keep that much silence? Something that this this big usually because, gets out. I mean, secrets are hard to keep. The, because the people they talk about, they get murdered. Now, the people Who? that know what's going on, they right. usually do some sort of a dirty videotaping. Like in the military, they do videotaping and then they blackmail them. Like, oh, like, uh, like the firm? The <laughs> like Tom Cruise got uh, blackmailed in the firm? Yeah. Oh, okay. They Just blackmail curious. them. If you say anything, we're going to show this video of you. Or, you know mm. what I mean? So it's just the corruption okay. is deep, and and it's been going on for many, many years. Uh, Biden has his own island in the Ukraine, and they found a bioweapon lab under 
uh, underneath his mansion in a basement. And it looks like that's where they've been torturing mm-hmm. they, children. Which island is Ukraine. Biden's island? Where, where, where is Biden have an island? I have to find out exactly where it is in the Ukraine. Okay. Uh, I forgot what the guy was talking about, but they have found a bioweapon lab under under his mansion, and and all and, the uh, all why the would he do that? A lot of why, why would he have a bioweapon lab? A, they built many. They built a total of forty six in the Ukraine, Who? and this is government involvement too. You know, not just Biden. Mm-hmm. But that was his own private. I mean, here's a guy that makes all his money by by simply granting access to the government illegally. Why would he build? He doesn't have to build anything. He he just gets paid off by the Chinese. You know, you know he why would he he gets bribed? He well, gets, I'm sure true. he was part of the Clinton Foundation. Why would he Why would he need to buy a weapons lab? Why would he go to all the trouble? That doesn't make sense. Well, I don't know. We'll find out. Well, that's why I'm asking the question. They got evidence. They got everything coming. So. Yeah, so Epstein Island was the same thing. Oh, my God, they used to torture young women and, and kids. It was bad. I have seen one of the videos that I don't share with people. It is bad, very bad. Uh, when the New York police got the evidence for Uma Abedin uh, from Anthony Weiner, her husband, the police in New York City literally were vomiting. And, you know, this. This police team, they're used to going to crime scene. They're seeing gross stuff, you know. But mm-hmm. when they saw this video from Uma Aberdeen, uh computer, oh, my gosh, it was horrible. They're describing. I got one of the videos apart, and it is not good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has been going on for a long, long, long time. Underground, um, uh, they have, it's like, it's like, like a whole city underground in big cities. Like New York, in New so York, they have. My... Uh, I'll give you an example. Wait, okay. I'll give you an example. When I was in New York, uh, well, a couple of times, few times, uh, you buy perfume from this uh, Chinese or whoever selling things in New York, and they have like a back door and it's like a secret door, and they have a way to go down and and kidnap children. So that's why a lot of children. Uh, and young teenagers get uh, kidnapped because they go into a store and they don't come out. And I was shopping for a perfume, and they were like cheap perfume. And then she said, oh, no, and she opened her secret door. And uh, she said, no, I got the real ones here, but we're not allowed to sell them, but I'll sell them. And also Gucci bags. They have secret compartments behind the little shops, you know, that nobody knows. Well, how do you know do so have, they don't get uh, stolen? I mean, Gucci bags are like a primary target. But in New York, they have knockoffs. Yeah, but they're not allowed you, to you, sell them. In the, in the, no, no, no. Only big department store. Uh, and these people are selling a lot of fake, see, in New York, well, that's everywhere. I, they're selling them. I know. I've been to New bucks, York. 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if your, if your Rolex but, watch costs 100 bucks, it's not a Rolex. <laughs> No, they were selling them in Miami for $25, Rolex watch. Yeah. Fake ones. Yeah, Everybody those, had them in Miami. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. That's but, illegal, uh, by the way. But Trademark infringement. It's so deep. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. But but here's the problem I have with this show so, is that generally conspiracies fall apart because somebody you know breaks out of it. Uh, the story gets out. Nobody's ever that organized. The, the, even the mafia has the people that betrayed them. That's how they all got arrested. You know, you you, you turn people. And so if the government were really interested in, now, unless the government's in on it, that that might be different. But these things are hard to do. You know, it's like how do we? You know, we know that uh, you know uh, Barack Obama and Susan Rice are basically running the country right now. They didn't. They, they don't want people to yes, know they that. Are. You know, I just found out recently that Susan Rice was supposed to be vice president, but because uh, she was stupid enough to brag about spying on Trump the day that Trump was uh, inaugurated, that uh, they had to pull her nomination, mm-hmm. and uh, she became a domestic uh, policy advisor, and they got Kathleen Kamala, you know, to do the job. Mm-hmm. But she was never supposed. Was supposed well, to be you Susan know Rice. So, so conspiracies, they they try, but you know, if you look into it. Sooner or later, something falls apart because people screw up. Bianca, go ahead. Well, on spying on Trump, Barack Obama said it didn't happen. The government didn't spy on Trump. But Trump said that he was spied on, and they used private companies to spy on him. Mm-hmm. They also use the British. They use British spy agencies. So they spy on each other. So in other words, when, uh, when the American government wants to spy on American citizens, they can't do it legally, so they get, they get the British to do it. When the British wants people spied on in Britain, they ask you know the CIA to do it. You know, so they have these cooperative things. They all have their counterparts. Like Mark Milley knew his counterpart in the Chinese Communist Party government, so he could uh, tell him that well, if Trump ever plans to attack you, I'll let you know ahead of time. Miserable traitor. So they all know about each other. It's like some big club. So there's a conspiracy for you. You know, but uh, as far as uh, Trump being well, spied on, Trump was spied of, on. There's a lot yeah. of true conspiracy. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but Trump, but, but Trump discovered he was real. spied on. People told, especially the thing, though, the people told, I mean, Mark, uh, General Flynn, Michael Flynn told Trump that he was being spied on. That's probably why uh, they oh, yeah. went after him so badly. So, in other words, the conspiracies always fall apart because they can never maintain perfect secrecy. And so if there were, were hundreds no, of thousands of kids stolen out of stores and, you know, just gone, I mean, there's, there's no way that that could, oh, yeah. could happen without somebody somewhere in the way, you know, spilling the beans and saying what's going on. This is why I have trouble believing it. They vanish. They vanish one, two, three. Look, my uh, friends here in Pensacola, 23-year-old young man, gorgeous. He looked like a model, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. He went uh, in his kayak in the back of his uh, property to go out on the water, uh, military base, and he vanished, gone, you know. They looked three, four months later, nowhere to be found. They found the kayak by itself uh, over there in Crestview. No dog, no kid. And uh, what happens is to a lot of these young men they take the young men to the Middle East because they are gays in the Middle East, but it's a hush, a secret thing that nobody can know. Well, that's because they get thrown so off they rooftops. Bring huge... You know, if you found if you found to be gay in the Middle East, it's a death penalty. I mean, the people will kill you. No, no, it's a lie. It's a lie, Greg. What's oh, a lie? In front of the world, yes, it's a penalty, but behind closed door, they are kidnapping our beautiful blue-eyed young men to have sex with them. And that's probably exactly what happened with this young man. He's alive. He's not dead. He's in the Middle East somewhere because uh, there's gays uh, between Muslims. Uh, there are not many of them like they claim. And then they keep him in huge castles. And we were told by one lady that we rescued, and I shared the story with you guys a while back. We rescued her with two children 
that she was kidnapped since she was 17 years old, and she was sold every single day to so many uh, different uh, men until she got wore out, and then they sold her for $30,000. And then the men kept her You know her what they should up. do? You know what, what they should do? People that say these things, why don't they put a RFD implant in someone and let them volunteer to be kidnapped? And then when they don't show up anymore, that RFD will reveal their location, and then we can track down the whole operation and bust them. It's coming down, the whole operation, soon. You will see. The whole operation of uh, child trafficking is going to be gone. And that's what Trump has been working on with a big team of people. And that's why all the banks are collapsing because a lot of the big banks are in with all the child trafficking money, money laundering. And uh, that's what's happening. Yeah, when, uh... But the child, traffic, the child trafficking will be vanished. And uh, all these people are going to be arrested, all these people. And that's why it's taken a long time for Donald Trump to come because he had to deal with the money system, child traffic system that has been going on for 60, 70 years. Uh, yeah, when these kids the hit the border, when those kids hit the border, yeah. they should be given an implant so they can be tracked. And that will solve it. We actually had a bill for that. Mm-hmm. We were tossing around an idea for it. It yeah. caused a lot of controversy, actually, that uh, that illegal aliens should get an implant. And I think it was uh, – oh, who was our – That was in my bureau, remember? Yeah, it was your bill. Yeah, who's the reporter we used to have? Oh, yeah. I forgot his name. Who wrote some of our gun bills? Remember who did technology? And uh, I've got his thing right here. Uh, I'll look it up. Anyway, we had – The Spanish um, kid, Cuban kid? Yeah, Spanish kid. Yeah, he's electric, yeah. he became an electrical engineer. Uh, he was going for his Ph.D. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I still have his report. I I'll think of his name mean. anyway. Yeah, uh, it's uh, Anthony, 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 yeah. Yeah, him. Yeah. Anyway, but um, how do we get into this? <laughs> I was just thinking. But I, I, think, but I left want to do that to your guns, that, they should do that to those immigrant kids. Oh, the implant. They want to do it to your guns, do it to the immigrant kids so you can track them. Anyway, I'm going to well, listen. They do have tracks. They do have uh, implants on kids. I mean, they do have uh, biochips on kids. They do it with dogs, the cats, they do it with pets. But, the, but kids have been chipped also. The reason that, oh, I don't know where Anthony said it wasn't a good idea um, because, first of all, they're, they're, I guess they're relatively easy to either remove or diffuse or cancel or, or short circuit or something like that. So although we do need a way to track people, they still have retina prints and fingerprints and things like that. So I guess it's biometric means mm-hmm. and facial recognition. So we can still track the illegals. In fact, we, uh, I, I found a, a post that I had earlier, gets a reaction to this, Josie, where I was proposing a couple of years ago that illegal aliens who are waiting for their immigration hearings be put on a reservation and the Native Americans on the reservations or American Indians, you know, go back to regular, you know, society, the, the, you know, the, the way they choose to live. Uh, but, not, but get rid of the reservation system for uh, American Indians and replace it with, uh, you know, uh, with uh, illegal aliens. And, of course, the argument is, mm-hmm. is that the left says, well, you can't, you can't put illegal aliens on a reservation. I said, well, why do you allow Native Americans and American Indians on reservations? You know, so, so in other words, illegal aliens are better treated than our own citizens? I mean, come on. Anyway, but the point well, is, really, is that we've, we've proposed some pretty interesting things here. Yeah, go ahead, Pianchi. Native Americans want to be because that's where the industry is on the regulation, especially the casinos. 
Well, you could make a tribal land without making it a reservation. See, the whole kind of reservation to me is like slavery. I don't see a lot of difference. But if, you, if it's tribal land, then, and the tribe controls it, and, and the tribal government regulates the land like they do in a lot of areas, that's why you have casinos in California on, on Indian land, you know, because it's their land. You know, and so they can do whatever they want. Well, yeah, the reserve, the word is kind of misconstrued. It's reserved for them. But believe me, those people have a lot of things. They have home loans, non-interest. They have land that they can work in. They got a lot of good perks on those. Uh, yeah. But the point is, though, that we can regulate our illegal aliens in ways, you know, whether you do biochips or whether you do biometric scans or, think, or you know, throw them on a reservation or throw them in land uh, or just seize all their assets and kick them out. <laughs> you know, uh, there's many things that we can do that yeah. we're not doing. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, but that is much more, see, that to me is a much more immediate problem. Uh, it's almost like you relate almost everything to child trafficking. And this is where I get skeptical yeah. Um, because it seems like too much. Yes, it's a problem, but there, there are ways to trace it. The, you know, the way you trace crimes is, is RICO, uh, racketeering. So in other words, you follow the money. You know, there are, there are legal means, you know, to, to trace these things and find out and, and uh, see what's going on. So anybody that comes out of child trafficking that lives can tell their story. That's how we found out it's, it's part of the foster care system and child protective services are our child trafficking. We know that. I just don't think it's to the extent that uh, that you're talking about as entire government industries, you know, hundreds of thousands. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just, it, it, I, I, I question it. There's, there's some gaps in the story for me. And that's why, I, you know, I sort of, that's why well, I'm skeptical. The mm-hmm. child trafficking has been going on, like I said, for since the 60s or before that, long time What's ago. What's been going on since they've been children? And, uh, I mean, you know, kids get, kids get treated horribly by yeah. cultures, you know, all the way back to the first cultures. It's yeah, being it's a kid. Been, uh, it's been bad. Mm-hmm. I have a friend, uh, she was trafficked as a 19-year-old young woman. She was trafficked for years, mm-hmm. and she finally escaped. Uh, so when she escaped, horrible. did she go to the police and get it documented, and did she tell her story anywhere? Is there Was there any follow-up uh, yeah, to arrest the people that did it? Okay. Yeah, but they're afraid. Some of these people that were from Argentina, you know, and they're not here anymore. So, you know, it's like, uh, what do you do? And they're threatening her to murder her family. They're threatening her to murder her. And, and you know, yeah, the mafia used to do in that. fear. And these people, yeah, but, you know, uh, they're but criminals. Rudy Giuliani cleaned up the mafia in New York by prosecuting them. So, so why can't the same thing be done with child traffickers? Because a lot of the head hunches in our system are traffickers, uh, Greg. Like Biden has been trafficking children for years with his family, okay? And they're finding that out now. Uh, the whole family are involved in How? money laundering. And anytime you start doing money laundering, you're doing bad things. Bad, bad well, I know things. they do money, uh, I know, uh, but they get, paid, they get paid directly. I mean, their corruption is direct. They don't even have to launder it. I mean, the Chinese are paying them directly. Uh, I'm sure the I Russians mean, are, you know, I mean, everybody else, whoever else is paying. Somewhere. That's what right. That's what that's what money laundering means. You hiding it in the Ukraine. You hide it in Russia, but Russia already cut off all the people. No, money laundering dollars. is uh, you huh? la- when you launder money, you make it untraceable. So, in other words, when drug dealers they put it through a fake business. Exactly. Um, that's what you that's what money laundering. It. I mean, it's a specific thing to avoid prosecution because then you cannot trace the money back to mm-hmm. a criminal operation. Okay. So if the, the so the yeah. Bidens don't have to money launder because they're paid directly. Now, where they put the money, that's a Well, there have been money laundering, trust me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whatever you want but to call I'm, it. What I'm saying is... And, they, and you know, the, Clintons, if, the Clintons, they've been child trafficking from Haiti for years. 
Okay. Oprah so here's Winfield. What we... She's been trafficking from Africa okay. a lot of the young girls and little boys. Right. Jesse, so that's why she became here's the a thing. billionaire. You need to start quoting sources. Uh, if you'll notice, anytime I talk about an article or a subject on the show, I always quote the source by name, date, and publication or website. So we really need to start getting, I mean, this is why I question all these claims, because you, you never give me a source. You never give me a place I can go research this. There's, there's no place to take a look at it. And this is why I'm skeptical. You know, so if you say that... And uh, you're going mean, to believe Google? They're part of the child trafficking. Google, Facebook, they all are part of it. They're not going to tell and you. You're going to have to show me. A, yes. You're going to have to show me some research that shows that. Why do you think they killed the president from Haiti, Greg? Oh, I think because he he, he, he tried to get, bu- he tried to stop the vaccine, and so there was no, there was a Ugandan president was killed okay. too. He rejected right. So I understand the that. vaccine to his country. Right, but he there were sources listen. on he was that. About, I broadcast that story. He there were sources about, that I had on it. He was about to right? he was about to expose the Clintons of child trafficking the little kids in using churches, and mm-hmm. also expose them to the world that most of the money that was given from the earthquake was never given to them. And but that story's out there too. The internet's not going to put that on. They have though. The the, the story no. of, of Hillary Clinton and the money that was denied to Haiti after the earthquake with the Clinton Foundation. Everybody knows that story. That story's documented. There are sources I can find. Not everybody that. knows it. No. Well, then not they're not looking at the source. But in other words, I can find sources on that. Say, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, you but know? I can find but sources true, on that. You know? Right, I know, but I can find sources on that. I can't find sources on what you're telling me. And you don't give me sources. About the Clintons? Yeah. Child trafficking? Well, about everybody, everybody, who, okay. everybody who you accuse of child trafficking, I don't have a source. So I, I, can't, I can't prove it. I can't research it. I can't, I can't see it for myself. That's the problem I have. Have you, have the re- you found, the reason I, have you found the reason, sources how, listen, have you found sources how Epstein was child trafficking? Who's involved in all that? You got sources yet? No. Well, wait okay, a minute, let me think. But, it was I mean, but, I, but I haven't looked into it. I mean, that, that's, but, I have, but I haven't spent a lot of time looking into it either. But do you have a source for me on that? Okay. We got video. <clears throat> I got, I'll send you a video where they're torturing. I don't think you want to see that. So what's the source? We got videos where they're what's torturing the source of the information? young women. Is it a, but what's the source of the information? Is it a government agency? Is it a reporter? Uh, is it a freelance writer? What's the source? Probably freelance. People just putting together videos from Epstein so Island. So do these people, who do they work in for? Rumble, or do, they do, it, they do, do they have a website? Do they have a website? Uh, Rumble has a lot of the uh, the videos. Uh, okay. Also, um, Lynn Wood uh, had a lot of videos and a lot of recordings talking about the child trafficking. And okay, I've so Lynn Wood's an attorney. Where, you know... I know who Lynn Wood, Wood yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So all right. Now we're getting yeah. somewhere. So the reason I do this, so this, there's two reasons. Um, there's two things going on here. One, the reason I, 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 you know, sort of have these stories on the show, um, is because a lot of people believe what you're saying. Um, but I have to, as a, you know, as the, as the host here, question, you know, where you get your information from. And when you can't tell me, or mm-hmm. you can't tell me dates, or when you can't tell me, you know, you say that Trump's coming back with uh, uh, with military intelligence and is going to take over, and Trump's assuming uh, uh, is, is running space for us. We don't tell the enemy what we're going to do. 
Okay, see, but that's not that's not good. Enough. That's like saying that's like when the government people say I can't tell you because it's part of an ongoing investigation, and that's not true. You of can course, tell. Of course, and me. that's what they say all the time. Yeah, okay, but see, the enemy know. already knows. Mm-hmm. You know, when when this is why we report stuff. The only well, people who don't, don't know are the American public. Oh, sure they do. <clears throat> oh, because yeah. information. Look, try keeping a secret. You know, from, from governments can't keep secrets. We know that. But what I'm saying is. In order to be credible, in order for these stories to be real, we have to be able to research them. But like I say, a lot of people believe them. Uh, a lot of people, as you, you know, believe in the, the state sovereignty, you know, thing. A lot of people believe that. I think it's a bunch of yeah. nonsense. But I want to have, I want to get that story out there because a lot of people believe in this. So it's important to talk about. But it can't be proven. Well, Eventually, eventually, I will bring one of the leaders uh, that he can talk to you about it. Well, get uh, Ann Vandersteel. She was big on it. In fact, she's been on national. the show. Yeah, let's get let's get Ann Vandersteel. She's Who's big. And, and she, I've seen, I watched she, her on video. She became a state national like I have. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, let, I mean, she's been on the show a few times. We can get her back on. I'd love to talk to her about it. Yeah, you can ask her. Yeah, bring her back. <laughs> She's a she's a pretty smart woman, she knows. <laughs> uh, well, now yeah. here's something interesting. Here's so. something interesting. She used to have uh, she had a, her organization called the the uh, the Zelenko Foundation for Dr. Zelenko. Now I thought mm-hmm. that was stealing his name mm-hmm. and, and borrowing on his name uh, to create something, and now they've they've dropped that name. So there's something interesting too. How come? I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. So, but mm. my question is, with all these things, you know. If you don't, the, to say that you have a, have a secret and you can't tell me who and because it would tell the enemy what, what's going on. Do you, you don't think people study Trump? No, it's not know a exactly secret, what he's but doing? they're not but, telling me, they're not telling me when Trump is coming, but he is coming. And uh, well, who's they? I heard he's still the commander chief and also Fox spilled the beans mm-hmm. too. They kind of like spill it. Uh, and the commander in chief right now. And I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm like, I don't know. It's confusing so, a little bit sometimes. So, yeah, I know, but we've had this question before. So who is the they that are telling you these things? No, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Len Wood. I'm listening to Mike Flynn. I'm listening to different people that we go to, uh, to the events. Like I'm about to go to an event, and they tell us a lot of stuff. Uh, and a lot of stuff privately when we're backstage with them or, or meet him outside, you know. And my husband's cousin, he's very close to Mike Flynn. They travel together. So we know a lot of stuff that they don't tell people what's going on. Uh, Why don't you know, they? Mike Flynn has Mike Flynn knows where all the dead people are buried. That's why they wanted to put him in jail. But he's gonna he's gonna release a lot of stuff. Let me tell you. When? Yeah. Again, this is this is the, the same. Know. You know. Okay, but you see, but this is the same I'm, stuff we have heard for I'm for three years too. now. Trust me. Okay. Trust me. I'm impatient. I can hardly right. wait. I'm like waiting and okay. waiting. I tell my husband, I can hardly wait no more. <laughs> see, now Trump so, could have assumed yeah, his thanks. his office uh, if the state if the bat. See, now here's what's here's what's real to me, and we've talked about this before. I get Pianca in this who made a comment. Uh, Trump was supposed to be back two years ago. It's on live chat. And so the question is, mm-hmm. anytime after January 21st, so January 21st and beyond of this year, that would have Trump mm-hmm. less than two years of, of his real second term, which means it doesn't count as, as, as a term towards his two-year maximum. 
And so he could, he could be in mm-hmm. office right now and still be running, you know, in 2024 and serve a full 2024 term. So why he's not doing that, I'm not sure, unless he's really just kind of uh, preparing for, uh, because I think it would actually be more trouble than it's worth at this point. But technically, he could do that. So, so the battleground states could reverse their, their Brandon electors, make them Trump electors, which they should have done anyway. Uh, that's, Mike Pence should have done that, but he's a traitor anyway. Um, but the no, question he's is, not a you know, traitor. Mike Pence? I thought he was. I thought he was, but no, he's not. Because what happens is on January the 6th, uh, Nancy Pelosi and her her criminal team created all this uh, uh, insurrection. They created it. And and by the time we arrived to the, to the Capitol, they were throwing bombs and all this different uh, 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 cocktail uh, bombs and different things to, you know, to make people fall thinking that they're going to be shot. There were people in wheelchair going down, and and I'm like, oh, my God. The wind blew the stuff away from us. But some people got it very bad and crying in the ground, and they couldn't hardly see. So they created all this. So Mike Pence was gone uh, and like like you asked many questions, where where did these people go? Did they go to the basement? What happened at the basement? Mm-hmm. So they told Mike Flynn, you have to run, you have to run, you have to get out of here. And once Mike Flynn gets out of the Capitol, they made the decision, Nancy Pelosi and her criminal team, because they got Mike Flynn out. But but Mike Flynn, um, excuse me, uh, Mike Pence didn't have a chance to do what he's supposed to do. So it was all well organized by Nancy Pelosi. But we're, so what we're was, hearing what was, Mike Pence, he's a good guy. So I don't believe Who it. What, 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 what was Mike Pence supposed to do? Well, he's supposed to review the uh, the uh, uh, ballots, not the ballots. What do you call that? The electoral Oh, the electoral uh, college. See, he numbers. broke the law, though. He, he broke the yeah. law and he broke the Constitution. He was duty-bound with states that had two sets of electors to send those electors back to the states, and he refused to do that. Yet that was the law. You, you can't – I mean, or he had to have the challenge, and they never had the challenge. They just went into the basement, had the insurrection up top. So that's the real reason for January 6th was to make sure yeah, that the, yeah, uh, the electors weren't challenged. It was Nancy Pelosi behind this whole thing, Greg. Yeah. So and to what they, benefit? They created the whole thing. Yeah. So Obama if that were the case, leader, well, wait course, a minute. If, if, if this was to Nancy Pelosi's benefit, why would she let the Republicans take the House and not cheat to keep her position as Speaker? Uh, according to somebody that was saying, including Fox, kind of like still, uh, accidentally, it seems like, and I'm, like I said, I'm confused in this part, it seems like Donald Trump is still the chief and commander of our country. And I'm like, how did that work? Why? So there's a lot of whys. I still have a lot of questions. I don't know. If the Trump answer. were chief and commander, uh, there's no way what's happening would be happening because yeah. he's dead I set know. against everything that's happening. So how can you say he's chief and commander? That doesn't make sense. That's what Fox, I know, I know. And, and I've been asking, <clears throat> how does that work? Why? And they're telling me because he has to allow all this to happen so people can open their eyes once and for all. 
Oh, so, trust me, Josie. Want, if if people's eyes aren't open now, if people's eyes aren't open now, they're never going to be. I when know. you look at the price of gas, when you look at the cost of wait a minute, hold on. When you look at the price of gas, you look yeah. at the cost of goods, you look at the open border, you look at the mm-hmm. Texas murder, the Mexican, you know, they call him a Mexican national on, on, on liberal news. He's he's an illegal alien. All right. Yeah. And that's and that and illegal if you go to the illegal alien crime report, crimes are sparking from illegal aliens. So if people's yeah. eyes aren't open now, if they're not opened after another debt increase. Another $1.5 trillion on top of our 32.5, that's going to put it, what, 34? You know, if people's eyes aren't open now, they're never going to be. There's no waiting. Waiting what? was over two years ago. Waiting was over when Brandon was uh, installed in the White House. I mean, what more, do you, what more evidence do you need than the entire federal government was stolen by a mob of elitists, um, the deep state? What more evidence could you possibly want? What are you waiting for? Not you, but what are these people waiting for? This is why I don't believe yeah, it. Yeah. It's a bunch of nonsense. Well, because if know. they were actually interested we'll in preserving find this the country. Truth, I guess, because I already know the truth. The White House has been shut. The, the White House is shut down. It's been shut down. Really? Yeah. Are the tour, had the tours stopped? Yeah. Let me look at White House tours. Hang on. Let's, 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 let's take a look. So what you're saying the White House is so shut look, down. All right. I'm, I'm going it's to look right now. It's been shut down uh, for a few years now. Yeah. The White House yeah. is shut down. Uh, no, no more White House whole first? thing. No, not right now. The whole thing, it's been, uh, the, it's been a stage that when Biden is in the White House and all that, it's not, it's not true. They've been staging the whole thing. So, so, where, so Biden's not there? He's on. somewhere else? Yeah, he's not in the White House. No. Oh. Right. Well, you can look it up. I'll find out more. White House tours and tickets and other things to do in Washington, D.C. from Viator, a TripAdvisor company. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently they're still running White House tours, so apparently it is open. It is open, but hmm. supposedly it's not with a president inside. <laughs> well, you never see the president know. unless you're invited into the Oval Office, but, the, but I did a White House tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to. I've been many times in the White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel my daughter Years in Washington, Yeah, LSU's, yeah. LSU's girls' basketball team just visited the White House. Hillary Clinton rented rooms. She was making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, okay, so here, so here it is right here. Okay. Washington, D.C., one-day guided sightseeing tour. You've got your little tour guide there with his red shirt. and I used to do that work. I did it around mm-hmm. San Francisco. Experience the sights and sounds of Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. In, in one day on this guided walking and riding sightseeing tour around the nation's capital. Visit the city's historic, yeah. iconic landmarks and monuments like the White House, the United States Capitol, the Vietnam Veterans Memorial, and the Lincoln Memorial. So it's right there. This is current. This is current. Mm-hmm. So they're still doing White House tours. You can Good. book them now. So, how do, so you can't okay. say the White House is closed. I'm, I'm going to call them both. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. not going to DC at all. Okay. Mm-mm. Well, it's not as much fun as it was. Well, that's saying, and I'm like, what do you mean? Okay, so so we've proved There's him wrong. So we we just proved him wrong yeah. there. Okay. And so so it wouldn't mm-hmm. be too hard to to prove wrong in a bunch of things. Uh, I I you know I can I mm-hmm. can tell you right now they're wrong, because if they're saying that Trump's going to come riding in once enough evidence is gathered. Uh, that's impossible to believe because there's so much evidence now. There's no, so much he, overwhelming he evidence that the, the election evidence. was stolen. Okay. No. But, but, but what about the fact that... No, he, already, uh, he already has it all. Have, have you seen when he's on a rally, he says, we got it all. 
And that's well, what I we were told on those uh, different events that I've been. Again, again. <laughs> this, uh, now, I'm not trying to be insulting. If you talk about the Jehovah's Witness as a cult, this to me sounds very much like a it cult. It is a cult. No, no. The, the one that the, the oh. they who are telling you this, that's the cult. Oh, no. This mythical There's they. people that hang around with Mike Flynn and Cindy Powell and all these people, Len Wood. Okay. Well, uh, I, all right. Yeah. And so where are mm-hmm. they? I mean, I haven't seen Sidney Powell speaking for a while. In fact, I actually met her in person. She's a pretty reasonable person. She was the one yeah, who defended Mr. Mike Flynn. Okay, so, so if, if you have connections to Mike Flynn, you know, why can't I talk to him? I mean, you would think that he would want to be on I a know, show I like tried. this because of our legislation. All right, okay. Yeah. I'll ask him again. I got to, uh, I got to be with him in St. Louis last year. Okay. Uh, this year, uh, Call him up we're on the phone. going to be in Miami with him. Okay. He's involved in this event, uh, the Great Awakening, and mm-hmm. oh, I know that the Reawaken, Reawaken America tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there with all of them. That's what Judy does. But there's she a might, lot she of goes people. To those mm-hmm. Yeah, she goes. She's going to be with okay. us too. So let me mm-hmm. ask you a question then. So, so these. Let's go back to the they, the the, the mythical they. What are they telling you about Robert Francis Kennedy, Jr.? What are they telling you about? Uh, him? This is just a stage. That's a stage that he's playing right now, but he's really why, not going to do Why would he do that? So, so he, what is he not going to do? So he, what? Well, uh, it, lo- it looks like he's just being told that he has to run uh, for president, but he really doesn't want to run for president. No. And, and why would the, he not want to run for president? Thing. Why would he not want to run? No, he doesn't. No. It's like Ron DeSantis. Look at all the lies. Donald Trump is close with Ron DeSantis. They're friends. Mm-hmm. It's all a, it's all a little game they're playing to put uh, a lot of confusion in the Democrats. So they 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 want to be sweet and and they're trying to approach Ron DeSantis, the, the Democrats. See, I see it the other way. I see it as a a draft uh, Ron DeSantis movement by the establishment. You look at, uh, who's that guy? Ed Rollins. Ed Rollins, the old-time pollster, Reagan, you know, administration person, Mm -hmm. and someone that hates Donald Trump, all right? Because he gets on and says, we have to have Ron DeSantis run. He's the only person that can save America. So so the Republican establishment, who hates Trump, is trying to draft Ron DeSantis Uh to force him to run for president against Donald Trump. Now, you're right. They are friends. I think they've arranged uh, all, a long time ago that DeSantis would not run until 2028. Mm-hmm. And that only makes sense. Exactly. Why, and wh- why would yeah. Ron DeSantis run against Donald Trump when he's guaranteed to lose, when he would expend a whole bunch exactly. of money, he'd get the, the, the ill will of Republicans who would support him in four years, who support Donald Trump now. And that would include mm-hmm. me. If he runs against Donald Trump now, there's probably yeah. no way I'd vote for him in 2028 because I want Donald Trump in now. Mm-hmm to do what he needs to do to fix all the, all the problems caused by the insurrection. And what he really needs to do is to get rid of all the people um, in the Justice Department, like, you know, from, uh, from middle managers on up, just get rid of them because they're way too corrupt. All, in fact, we talked about this uh, on a previous show that uh, one of the biggest problems with Trump yeah, yeah. was that he didn't get rid of enough yeah. people. You know, even George Bush, wow. the younger, told him to do that. Bill Clinton fired all the U.S. attorneys when he took office. Why? Because he wanted to be able to prosecute crimes his way, like Waco. So Trump has a lot to do, but I think Trump learned. It's Uh funny because when Mike Pence was here, I I handed him a letter to give to Trump. I said, if he wins, because he didn't win at the time, I said, if he wins, he needs to clean house. 
that's why I put in that letter that I handed in his hand to Mike Pence when he was here in Pensacola. You yeah. met Mike Pence? So, yeah. What was he, he was talking here, about? Yeah. What was he talking about? Oh, we had he had a, a like a small uh, meet and greet here in downtown Pensacola. Uh-huh. Not not big deal, just kind of. Why small. would he do that? It was not that face. Hmm. Hmm. So what? so why would he do that? So he's running for president, which we all knew that was that was his payoff for for scuttling Trump in in 2020 was that he'd be the Republican nominee. Apparently, it's not turning out that way for him. Big surprise. Well, he was he was running with President uh, Trump. You know, at the time they both were vice president. He was going to be his vice president. Donald Trump was going to be elected for president. Not not yet at the time, you know. But I told him, if Donald Trump wins and you're going to be his vice president, give him this letter. Clean house, including the cooks inside the White House. Okay, there, there are very few things I'm absolutely sure of in this world. I am absolutely sure of the fact that Mike Pence will not be Donald Trump's vice president this time. Absolutely sure of that. No, he's not. Hmm. He's not. Oh, no, okay. we already so, know that. So what are they telling you as to who, who it is? JFK Jr. He already was chosen by Trump. Crazy. I didn't believe it before. Oh, too, it so. does sound crazy. I, at least you admit it. It does sound crazy. I okay. know. So JFK Jr., who we've never seen, we haven't seen in public, who yeah. died in an airplane accident off Nantucket a long time ago. I know. Okay. So if he it's, lived, if he true, lived through that accident, where, where's mm-hmm. wait a minute? So there were two other people on that airplane. Where are they? They're alive too. Yeah, they never died. And where alive? Where? Here in the here in America, they're here. Mm-hmm. Under witness so, protection. They have changed their look. They have changed everything, yeah. And uh, if if you notice, it, go back to JFK Jr.'s uh, funeral. Only 17 people that were invited to go. Family members. Well, that's because the Kennedys 17. are private. That, that's that's normal for Kennedys. They don't want. Mm. I mean, they're, I remember their weddings too. No. They don't have huge entourages of people there. That's why they yeah, have a, a but, Kennedy uh, compound that's secure from the press, so they can have they can actually have private family life there because it's such a public family. But supposedly Trump already chose uh, JFK Jr. for uh, vice president for us. And, and who told so, you that? I don't know. I hope it's true. You know, I don't. Okay. I don't have a hundred percent evidence. Why would he choose a Democrat? Saying. Why would he choose a Democrat for vice president? Uh, he's no longer a Democrat, and uh, he wants to expose the cabal, which is the CIA, FBI. The Bushes, the Nixons, uh, LBG, LBJ, LBJ, excuse me. Mm-hmm, yeah. And a lot well, of I mean, Roger Stone already accused kind of, LBJ of killing Kennedy. He wrote a book on it. So that's, it's not like that's not out oh, in the yeah. public domain. It came out a while back. It's like a two-hour video. Very good video, actually. See, but this isn't a hidden conspiracy. We, uh, but we know there's a deep state. We know there are 51 intelligence you know, officers that lied and said that uh, – Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. We know all this. We know that we need a new set of yeah. hearings, like the church hearings. Do you remember the church hearings for the CIA? It was a little bit it was yeah. right before I got here. So you're probably already mm-hmm. here. So the church hearings, 
Frank Church was a senator, I think, from, from Washington or, or somewhere, Minnesota, wherever. Anyway, so he held mm-hmm. his hearings in the CIA, totally exposed them as, as what they are, incredibly corrupt, doing all kinds of things they shouldn't be doing, domestic spying and all that. And they reformed the CIA for a while, but I'm sure they're back to <laughs> their old dirty tricks, as they say. <laughs> you know, now we know where that expression came from. Um, yeah. so, so we need to do that again. Yeah. And the FBI, who is spying domestically and doing foreign intelligence, neither of oh. which they're allowed to do. Yeah. So there's a huge well, amount that's that, because, but we all know this all though. But we know yeah. this though. Mm-hmm. So there's no secret. This it's not it's not a hidden conspiracy. We know there's a deep state. We've known for a long time. You know, and we still oh, have yeah. we there's still haven't no gotten to the main thing. That. We still haven't gotten the main thing, which is that uh, the government was stolen. So while you're focusing on child trafficking, which is horrible, which is which is a serious it problem, is. it's it's not, it, it you know in in comparison to stealing the entire federal government. That has to oh, be solved yeah. too. So you can't solve, you know, you mm-hmm. can't, you can't do, you can't neglect that one. And so why they, the mythical they, the they that are telling you all these things that are happening, haven't talked about the one thing that is most important for the they do, which is to arrest everybody involved in the coup. Now that's my big question. Mm-hmm. What is Trump going to do in terms of the coup? In terms well, of the people that stole the government, and one, and the primary person that stole the government is Mike Pence. He's the first one that should be in jail. No, but he will not. But you know, wait a Greg, minute. He I made the coup possible. People. He made the coup possible by making the count go ahead and not counting the Trump happened. electors. Okay, go ahead. I just told you what happened. Nancy Pelosi planned the whole thing to get him out yes, of there. Yes, I don't agree. Once he's That's, out of there, I don't agree. Okay. I don't, see, I, I, and well, I'll tell you why I don't agree. And just as I said before, there's no way that Nancy Pelosi would plot a coup and not have herself be back as Speaker of the House. She did. I don't believe she it. She did. Why would she do she that? Planted the why whole would she? Thing why would she risk her? Great. Oh, I can believe you still believe with us. You are on board with us with the vaccine. It's the same thing. They're criminals. These not people, the same thing. They're in your face. They're in your face right now. They don't mm-hmm. care. It's not the same thing. They don't care. Yeah. No, I know. No, see, I know Nancy plays closely with the part of the vaccines. I tell, What's that? I tell my husband, I can't believe he's on board with us, and he doesn't believe in all the other corruption. You know, uh, you just have to. You just have to. I'll tell trust, you why. You know, the reason why is because no, I don't have to trust. No, no. See, see, the thing is, every one of these issues of you talk not. about is separate. It's a separate. They're separate issues. Yeah, That's but it's have... connected. I'm saying these people are so corrupt that they can do anything. They can do anything, and they have been for years and years and years. They're mm-hmm. so, so wicked. It's been going on for a long time, and Americans did not know. I did not know. I knew some when I was married a long time ago, top secret mm-hmm. CIA, and right. I believed the stuff. But I guess he was telling me the truth. He knew about it, you know, way back. But, you know, and a lot of Americans, like one of my ladies in my Sunday school class, she goes, but why? Why would my doctor that knows me for 20 years would want for me to have both vaccine and both boosters? And she did have both vaccine. And I stopped her from getting the boosters. And, and he knows her for 20 years because mm-hmm. it's all about the money and corruption right now. And all these doctors are helping this criminal system that we have right now. It's sad because one day they're going to wake up and they're going to say, because of me, so-and-so-and-so-and-so died. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. because of the stupid money that you're hungry for. It's mm-hmm. all about the money for them. 
But mm-hmm. for the big head hunches, it's not about the money because they're throwing the money away. It's about control and power because they want to kill half of the world. That's their agenda. And it's been going on for a long time because they think there's too many people on the earth. They're playing God. And they're not God because there's only one mighty God. And it's not them. Yeah, that's kind but of what we went over I'm the first hour with the UN agenda. Money. Okay. Thank you, Josie. Yeah. Thank you so much. Contact information? Everything will be coming to the light. So, okay. Contact information? I'm at Ruth Uniform Shops on, Ruth Uniform Shops on Olive Road. Come and see me in Pensacola, Florida. Come and, and get your honey and your eggs, chicos and chicas. <laughs> honey and eggs. And she's a video star. All right, Greg. God bless. I have to get ready. God bless you, too. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. It is 9.03. We've got to the last hour of the show. Uh, we're going to tackle the whole idea of, of central bank digital currency and some of the things that I found out. Uh, we started to do that with, with Brianna, but I want to finish it up and make it really clear what's going on. But I'll be back in just a bit. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grace Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. 
Their website is gracecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gracecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grace Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. And we're back. This whole thing is rather new to me, this idea of central bank digital currency. So I understand it basically. I understand you know, how it works uh, in principle, <laughs> I guess is the correct way to put it. Uh, don't know all the details, don't know a whole lot about the implications, but I know it's bad. I know it's bad because anytime something is centrally controlled, it's bad. You look at uh, central control, the means of production, what happens? Everybody dies uh, and everybody loses all their money. You look at central control of healthcare, and you get COVID and you get uh, um, you know, dangerous bioweapons, uh, you know, injecting everybody's arms and millions of people die. So you look at anything that's government controlled um, and it's bad. Anything that's corporate controlled is generally bad. You know, monopolies, oligopolies, things like that. Whenever any corporation or, or few corporations controls a particular market, uh, that's always bad. You know, nothing good comes out of that. Prices are bad. Supply is bad. Quality is bad. You know, as I had a, a junior high school. Uh, oops. Ah, sorry. Yeah. Hit when my chair gets all messed up. Uh, junior high school, Mr. Mr. Southwick was his name, if I remember. Hope I have, hope his family doesn't object to me mentioning his name. Anyway, the guy was brilliant. He was great. And we were talking about economics at the junior high level. And he explained to us, um, I think it was, maybe it was high school. Anyway, he explained to us, you know, how monopolies and corporations work. And he said, if you had one corporation for toothpaste, for example, and the only flavor they offered was, was black licorice toothpaste. And that was your only choice. You had no other choice in that. There's no, no spearmint, no wintergreen, you know, no, no fresh taste, no nothing else like that. Black licorice toothpaste. That'd be a monopoly control because they could do whatever they want. And they could charge, you know, 50 bucks a tube if that was the only toothpaste in town. So this is why the free market is so critical uh, for goods and things like that. Uh, and there's also what's critical to the free market is liability. In other words, you have to be liable. So how come there's no bank liability? 
how come these people aren't liable to it? I mean, the, the government pays the insurance, you know, to, for their accounts up to $250,000. But where's their liability for screwing up? <laughs> you know, their product is money, you know. And if they fail, then they lose everybody's money. There should be a liability cost to that. I never thought about that, too. I didn't write that down. You know, bank failure liability. And that sounds like a Matt Gase question, my congressman. Bank failure liability. Liability. Anyway, anybody wants to join us, the lines are open, as they say. 215-383-3832. You can get me on live chat right now. We've got uh, a couple of folks here. We've got Sapianka on live chat and on hold. Um, we've also got uh, Marco uh, in the Netherlands who's uh, checking in with us also. Anybody else wants to check in, feel free. Live chat's open as long as we're open here for Business Live. Uh, that's how that works. So I found a few articles. I want to kind of go through this. There's a beautiful, I mean, they really do a nice job of this, from the, the Cato Institute, that would be the C-A-T-O. I'm not sure what that stands for. I should look it up. And not, and not, not Cato, who was, you know, the Green Hornet's partner. Okay, that's, that's a different Cato. Uh, anyway, so Cato, C-A-T-O uh, Institute, which is a libertarian institute. And they had this incredible article, which is already on the Action Radio uh, Economics Project, called The Risks of CBDCs, Central Bank Digital Currencies, and Why They Shouldn't Be Adopted. And this is February 22nd, 2023. Uh, it's a study by Norbert Mitchell, or Michael, M-I-C-H-E-L, and Nicholas Anthony. Oh, a person has two first names, just like actors, you know, Jimmy Stewart, John Wayne. Anyway, uh, so Nicholas Anthony, Norbert, uh, Michael, uh, February 22nd, 2023, from Cato, the Cato, C-A-T-O, Institute. Uh, anyway, so what they say is, what is a central bank digital currency? It says a central bank digital currency, or CBDC, is a digital national currency. It's just like paper dollars, a CBDC would be a liability of the Federal Reserve. Unlike paper dollars, it would offer neither the privacy protections nor the finality that cash provides. That, well, I wonder what they mean by that. All I can think of is, uh, it was a big graphic by it. God, it's a gorgeous website. I should get these people to make my, my, uh, my new and improved writeyourlaws.com. Anyway, uh, obviously Cato has money. Uh, but the thing is, what they say is, is the finality of cash. Once you make a cash transaction, it's done. Right? Cash for goods, cash for services, cash for whatever. You know, I mean, you can get refunds, you can work, you know, but that's, that's a new transaction. But with a central bank controlling the, the digital currency, what if they wanted to void your transaction? They said you can't have you know, that, that Ferrari. You need, you need to drive an electric car. You need to drive a Yugo. You know, I'm sorry, but that's, that's, that's unsustainable. You know, what we're talking about with Brianna in the first hour. That's unsustainable. So, we're, so they, this is all going to mix with climate change sooner or later because uh, climate change is, is basically communism by another name. Uh, that's what it is. It's like the, the climate change is, is the cover story for communism. So it says that direct digital liability, a sort of digital tether between citizens and the central bank, makes CBDCs a radical departure from the digital dollars millions of Americans already use today. So that's interesting. So I got to get oh, this website. so distracting. Guys, you got this big dollar sign. Flip it, flip it, flip it. Am I uh, am I on the air now? Hello, hello, Pianki. I'm calling in. I'm going to. Uh, yeah, what happened to you? You fall off the chair? No, it, it happens. With, uh, I got to I got to do something with this, this sound here. Hang on. I'm getting Maybe it's one of the conspiracies from the Vatican. Well, no, it's a, it, in fact, I had an echo. It was echoing back to my sound thing. So I've taken the sound off my radio. I'm listening to it all through the cell phone, which is the same thing. So let me just rearrange. I've got to put uh, my, my books up on top here. I have to restack. But, yeah, 
what happens, and this happens periodically, that my microphone um, just quits. And I don't know why, but I hear my voice through my computer speakers. And as soon as I hear my voice through my computer speakers, I know I'm off the air. And so I just need to confirm with you that that's the story. So I'm on the cell phone now. Can you hear me okay? You know I'm a central bank and digital uh-huh. currency. Right. In some things, it's good because you can prevent counterfeiting. But then again, on other things, it's not because a nation uses its own currency. And uh, nations can monetize a natural resource, that is, print currency, against their natural resources value mm-hmm. to uh, pay for inter-country infrastructure and so on and so on because you would be paying the people, the workers, with the national currency. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go into some countries, you got to convert over to their currency, your American dollars or your Chinese dollars or your Japanese dollars. So if they want to have yeah, a, that's, a that's, national, uh, a world digital yeah. currency, I, I wouldn't too much care for that. Well, I don't think anybody, well, I'm, I'm maybe some people, but I'm not against a digital currency. I'm not against digital currency use, or I'm not against digital money. Let me put it that way. So in other words, credit cards, uh, debit cards, uh, things like that, uh, wire services, wire transfers of money, uh, electronic deposit. ATM machine, all the things we use, you know, in lieu of cash, you know, I don't have a problem with that. The problem, and I think the problem for most people, is whether that that, uh, currency is centrally controlled and can be recalled, reissued, uh, searched, monitored. um, You know, say the government decides you have too many guns, you can't buy another gun, they they, they void a transaction. I think the big problem people have is, is, is the central bank part of it not the digital currency. So in other words, we've been using digital ever since they've been credit cards. You know, even the, remember those old swipe cards you used to swipe it across, you know, back when and they'd, they'd fill in by hand the amount of your credit purchase. You know, I mean, that yeah. was, that was a digital, that was a form of digital currency because it wasn't cash, anything other than cash uh, or precious metals or, or unless you're exchanging something for some bartering. So or if you're, if you're using precious metals or you're exchanging, you know, gold jewels or whatever for a purchase or money, you know, that would be non-digital. But anytime you're in the electronic world, anytime that something takes place electronically, um, then, you're, then you're digital, then you are a digital currency. And that's okay. I don't mind that. But the problem is having it controlled by the bank. And so this idea well, – I don't find you have a central bank. You know that? Well, I do, but I think central banks are illegal. So remember Andrew Jackson, didn't he want to get rid of our central bank? I know Jefferson did. Yeah, but you've you got to have a central bank in a, in a country – because all the other banks can't independently do those cross-nation transactions. They depend on the central bank no, to take no, care the of treasury. it. Uh, the Treasury does that. The Treasury is our central bank. And the Treasury can well, the treasury, is, the treasury is not tied to private banks. <laughs> There's no way in the world the Treasury well, can the IRS be controlled. Is. The IRS There's no way in the world. Now, I mean, you could do that. So in other words, if you got rid of the Fed, right, you could do anything that needs to be done transactionally through the Treasury. I mean, that's what the Treasury is for. You know, the yeah, but the Treasury is for, for handling the, the, the process of Congress, per se. But if I got a bank, PNC Bank, PNC Bank uh-huh. has to uh, does its customers' transactions that they want to 
uh, wire the money to another country, that has to go through a central bank, then go to those countries. You can't go yeah. directly from every credit union. Because uh, I sit on the board of Iron Workers Credit Union, St. Louis, and that's how it works. Okay, but I'm saying it doesn't have to work that way. You know, you've got we've had transactions from from multi nations as long as we had nations. I mean, back when we were colonies, we were still trading with other countries. That was one of our big disputes. Was that you don't do it Stealing our commerce, but you've you've always you've had letters of credit. You've had all kinds of things that have transferred money, you know, for transactions. I mean, how did we do the Louisiana purchase? We didn't do it on a credit card. You know, we made a transaction with France. You know, well, yeah, so your letter of credit, your letter of credit, right. your letter of credit mm-hmm. comes from your bank telling the other bank that you have X number of dollars at this moment in time. Right. <clears throat> but uh, every little bank that's in the nation, all these, those banks have to go to a central bank, and then that central bank go ahead and transfer or proceeds that information on to wherever the account of the people that they're working with. I don't believe it. I don't believe it's necessary. Banks should be able to operate independently. And if they want to interact with foreign governments, they should be able to do that too. Corporations do. You know, there's no sense of corporation. So if you you buy a product or or you have a good or a service or you want to invest and do all kinds of things like that in a company, they don't go to the central corporation. So why should you go to a central bank? It doesn't make sense. See what I'm saying? Okay, fine. I mean, you can disagree with me. That's perfectly valid. Yeah. So, so I contend that a central bank is not necessary simply because we have a treasury. In fact, it's even less necessary for banking than it would be for a central corporation. You know, that, that say, say like Ford. You know, Ford operates multinationally. GM operates multinationally. But they don't, they don't coordinate with a central car company. You know, so why, so why would uh, – you know, and Hyundai, do you think Hyundai has to go to Ford or GM and ask permission to operate here? No. They just come here. And Congress has the power to regulate trade and commerce among the, the foreign nations. It's right there in Article 1, Section 8. So I don't, think, I don't think a central bank is necessary at all. In fact, I think it's a detriment to our society. That's okay. We can disagree. We'll let people decide for themselves. You know, let Congress me tell you power. something. I had, yeah. money, I had money in the Bank of Togo. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to transfer it at the gun, which is right next door. That money had to go through, come all the way through England to New York, then go to Ghana. Mm-hmm. It couldn't come that's straight from Togo to Ghana, which is right next door to each other. That's just the yeah, way it is. Stupid. If you want to play with well, their system, you can abide by it. Now, if nations choose to have a central a central bank, that's fine. They're, they're, that's their right as sovereign nations to do that. Well, that's what, what I'm they saying choose, is, Chris. Okay, I know that, but the Bank of Ghana is the the Bank of Ghana is the central bank in the country of Ghana. Right, I think it's a mistake. So for the United States, I think we we should have a central bank. You think it's a mistake, but you're not a Ghanaian. I don't have to be. You're a great penguin. So the thing is, if if Ghana wants to deal with the U.S. Treasury, if if they want to deal with the U.S. Treasury through uh, instead of directly with a bank, then they can work that out themselves. And the Congress would they do don't that. deal the with they the don't deal with directly with the right. U.S. Treasury. They have to deal with a bank in the United States. Okay, all right, and I'm just saying it's not necessary. They don't have to do it that way. Now, if that's the way it is, that's fine. I mean, the Federal Reserve exists, but it's a criminal organization. It's a private central bank stealing our money through inflation. Okay, so I know what is and I know what can be. So we're arguing two different things, or what should be. 
So this comes, I know what is. I know countries have a central bank. I know what can be. We can operate perfectly fine without a central bank. So that's where I'm dealing with this. Well, so that we do not know, need, the, we do not need a central bank. Ghana could go trading in cowrie shells. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Ghana anymore. I've, I've had enough of Ghana. That's where we're they choose to do what we're, they're doing now. Now, but anyway, go ahead and read your read your article. Yeah, because uh, what they're doing, you know. But you made it. You made a good point earlier that I do want to address because uh, that does that does reflect our nation here. And that is that they say that we need a central bank currency to track uh, counterfeiters and uh, drug transactions and things like that. Okay, that I don't believe is true because they can do it without it with the normal constitutional due process means getting a search warrant, going to a judge, and doing what they've always done. If you want to track counterfeiting, that's what the Secret Service is for. It doesn't go through a central bank. If they want to track drug trafficking, that's what the FBI and the state enforcement agencies and all the, and the local law enforcement agencies and, and Customs and Border Protection, you know, CBP, that's their job. They don't have to go through a central bank. So the idea that we need a central bank to prevent crime is ludicrous because we have all the measures we need. What it does do is violate the rights of every American. Now, they say we have to do this to prevent terrorism. That's what the Patriot Act was all about. Well, the Patriot Act is a complete spying uh, on American citizens. It is illegal. They can't do what they're doing. Let's see if we can get a few more books. Yeah, but here. that came out of. <laughs> have you ever looked at the numbers on your check? Yep. Your numbers on your check yeah. contain a Swiss code. Uh-huh. A Swiss yeah, code. Right. And yep. that there is nationally, well, worldwide recognized. Uh-huh. And look at that code. They tell where your bank account is. Uh-huh. And it's loud. It goes through the central bank before it goes to your individual neighborhood bank. Right. Swift code gives the country first. First has got to go. It can't go to no 132 Jones Street. It goes to uh-huh. the country first. Then it goes to 132 Jones Street. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I don't. But if I order a package from uh, from Amazon, it doesn't go through the central package company, you know, and then come back. We talk about ordering packages. We talk about transfer of funds, money. Yeah, but what's the difference? That's what I'm saying. There isn't a difference. And especially the, the, especially the goods that you order from fund. Amazon, you don't get none from Amazon until you pay for it, and you pay for it by either your credit card number, which is all tied to that. Your credit card number or your debit card is tied to a bank. Right. But what I'm so saying tell, is the using Amazon as the order packages is not a good example. The thing is, is that you got to, they have those central banks because everything diverts into it, then it spreads out to where it's going. Yeah. It distributes. Let me, um, I can distribute you. Okay, but what I'm saying is we don't need a central bank digital currency system to do all that. We can do just fine without it. So let me go back to my Cato article. They have a quote here. This is the gen, uh, general manager of, of Augustine, general manager Augustine Karstens, don't know who he is, who said, we don't know who's using a $100 bill today, and we don't know who's using a $1,000 peso bill today. He says the key difference with the CBDC, which is the central bank digital currency, is the central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that expression of central bank liability. Because remember they said that the, that the money is a liability of the Federal Reserve. Well, that's not true, but that's what they're saying. And it also says we also will have the technology to enforce that. So what they're saying is because they're liable for the currency. When they control it, they're liable for where that currency goes. So they have to regulate where it goes. 
and this is where we get social credits and bank control of money. This is this is probably the, the the most tyrannical thing I've seen in a long time. But that's what they're saying. Well, we don't know where people are spending our money. Their money. We have to we have to regulate. We have to control that. <laughs> no, you don't. Then it says Cato says put simply, a CBDC would most likely be the single largest assault to financial privacy since the creation of the Bank Secrecy Act and the establishment of the third party doctrine. Now I'm not sure what each one of those is. But I got to find out. Well, with with cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency, I can send money to someone any part in the world, and it goes through their basic blockchain account, which is untraceable. Uh Uh And it travels over several different networks. It can travel over the Ethereum network. It can travel over the Tron network. There's mm-hmm. several different networks out there, and they all have right. varying prices to do it. Is there a central Bitcoin bank? Is there a central Bitcoin bank? Well, that's yeah. usually called the exchange because you got okay. to exchange the Bitcoin for whatever dollar that you want, in particular United States dollars. But for any of the First, crypto, there's, there's, no, buy, there's no central for, crypto bank dispensing currency from one country to another in fact so so what you're saying is these this is a really good point that the um that you know the, the difference between the cryptocurrencies and the digital currencies the cryptocurrencies like bitcoin they're independent it's an independent currency and so they don't have to go through a central bank or the federal reserve well, that's yes, the whole point but of it but it does it's called the united states digital dollar is united states usdt it's the United States teetered dollars. So yeah, for, me to, for me to turn my Bitcoins into U.S. dollars, I have to buy USDTs, which is teetered to the U.S. dollars. Then the bank will accept that and change that to U.S. dollars and deposit it into my account. Okay. Well, what if you don't do that? What if you what if you keep your currency as Bitcoin? Can you do transactions worldwide with Bitcoin, or is there a central is there a central cryptocurrency, a central bank for for Bitcoin in each country? For trading coins, but not products, because all you know, there's no stores that you can go in and say, I want to buy a loaf of bread and I'm gonna pay for it with Bitcoin. It don't oh, exist. Okay. See, I'm not for the right, reason so because it's volatility. Okay. All right. So it's mostly for investments that we have these cryptocurrencies? Pardon me? Why do we have cryptocurrencies? Is it primarily investment? Well, it's – it's, uh, no, it's, well, some people speculate and some people trade with them. Hmm. They okay. trade, they buy, on, they buy low on one exchange, and they sell high on another. It's called arbitrage. Okay, so it's trading. All right, so it's investment purposes. All right, so let's get back to yeah. what uh, Kato said. It says the threat to freedom that a CBDC could pose is closely related to, the, to its threat to privacy. With so much data on hand, the CBC would provide countless opportunities for the government to control citizens' financial activity. Now, we know what happened up in Canada when the truckers were protesting um, the vaccine mandates in Ottawa. Uh, all their assets were seized. All their bank accounts were seized by Trudeau. That is unbelievably illegal, immoral, um, and it's, it's criminal. And yet he did it. And I think it's against the laws of Canada. I know it to be against the laws of the United States. So then it says, how might such financial control occur? It says freezing or seizing assets. 
Governments have long, I've already put this on the Action Radio Economics Project. Anyway, governments have long recognized that freezing someone's financial resources is one of the most effective ways to lock them out of society. However, a CBDC could make the process easier and faster for governments by establishing a direct line between citizens and the government itself. So, and then it says, you know, and that makes sense. And this is why this is so dangerous. So if the government is regulating, you know, all our transactions, if the government has a record and controls, you know, what you can make, what you can't, what, you know, what you can purchase and what you can't, and is monitoring every single purchase, then they can, you know, that's how a social credit score can get established. Good behavior is rewarded with a purchase. Bad re- behavior is punished by a seizure of assets. That way the government controls everything. So, th- so th- we're going to get to this in a minute as to why all of this is so blatantly unconstitutional. It cannot happen uh, in this country legally. It maybe it can be enforced at gunpoint or, you know, government tries to do it, but it cannot happen legally because it's blatantly unconstitutional for a bunch of reasons I'll get to in a minute. But I just want to get the basis of what it is first, and then I'll build the, then I'll tell you why the case against it. Then it says negative interest rates. Well, this is interesting. While interest rates are typically thought of in terms of positive rates, a CBDC could allow policymakers to also set negative rates. A negative interest rate would result in people losing money. So the same thing as inflation. Proponents argue that this strategy could be implemented to spur spending. Yeah, because otherwise your money loses value. Well, they do that with inflation now. The incentive with inflation is to spend your money before it loses value. So if a negative interest rate, so in other words, if you lose 2% of your money per year for depositing it in a bank, first of all, nobody would put money in a bank. That'd be the first reaction. Well, yeah, they charge you for they charge you for hold for you for they holding your money. Well, remember when they used to do that? They had, first of all, they had no uh, they had uh, what it was it uh, no charge checking accounts. See, for a checking account, they used to have a convenience fee or th- or fifty dollars a year, whatever they had. So it was a, there was a cost of leaving your money in the bank. And then banks realized that people weren't putting putting the money in the bank. So in order to get the money in, so they could invest it and loan it. Uh, they made uh, int- oh, int- was it uh, I think it was, yeah fee free checking or whatever I forgot what it's called but anyway checking yeah, account then account. free what's that if your account dropped below a certain balance they would charge you right but I have an account which uh, doesn't charge no matter how much or little is in it but they don't pay a lot of interest either so that's what the, so they get you one end or the other. So then it says programmable spending. This is from Cato's, like one of the best ones. This is a great website, a great, uh, great article. It says the programming capabilities of a CBDC uh, system could mean that people would be prohibited from buying certain goods or limited in how much they might purchase. For example, policymakers could try to curb drinking by limiting nightly alcohol purchases or prohibiting purchases for people with alcohol-related offenses. They could also stop them buying cars, too. And they could stop all gun purchases. So you could they could eliminate guns in this country simply by denying the purchases and denying the purchase for ammo. They put the, they, they they could violate the Second Amendment completely with this thing. Then it says CBDC can allow government agencies and private sector players to program targeted policy functions. By programming a CBDC, money can be precisely targeted for what people can own and what people can do. What if they give you no money for gasoline? So I'm not going to – there's no more gasoline transactions. You can only buy electric cars, uh, and you can only buy electricity. You can't buy natural gas. You can't buy gasoline at the station. You can't buy – because those are undesirable fuels. So in order to create a sustainable environment and prevent climate change, you know, we have to outlaw the use of gasoline and natural gas and uh, other things. And that's what they would do. 
and that's not, that's you know blatantly unconstitutional, illegal, and uh, tyranny. Bennett says a CBDC could undermine both the foundation and future of financial markets by reducing credit availability. We talked about that with negative interest rates. Disintermediating banks. I have no idea what that means. I guess no meteor. Media, I don't know what that means. And this is and challenging the rise of cryptocurrency. Well, we just talked about that. So they don't want cryptocurrency because they want to control the currency. Controlling the currency controls everything. This is a CBDC would be one of the tools to fight crypto. Here's another one. Another concern is the central storage of financial information. Where an IRS breach puts all 331 million Americans at risk, a breach at a private financial institution would only affect a fraction of the citizens, leaving customers at other banks free from harm. Yeah, there are data breaches all the time. But you have a data breach at the IRS and everybody loses their data privacy, which they would do anyway because they don't care. Then it says consider a cyber attack on two different kinds of networks. The first one targets the Bitcoin network. Uh, since the network is decentralized, it remains functional, even if one you know, computer is compromised by a hack. This is next, contrast that with an attack on a CBDC network. Since all transactions go through a central authority, if it is compromised by an attack, the entire network will be disabled. In short, CBDC would fail to offer the benefits its proponents suggest, threaten financial privacy and financial freedom, and undermine the banking and cryptocurrency industries. Congress should prohibit the Fed and Treasury from issuing a digital national currency. CBDCs have no place in the American economy. I agree. Well, yeah, I agree, too, because one thing with digital currency, you have no, all it is 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 accounting entries. There's nothing to verify. That's why you have to have a bank of final settlement. Every transaction you make has to go through what's called a bank of final settlement, even in stock transactions. Uh, mm-hmm. The money that you gain in a, track tra- a stock transaction, it takes three days before that actually becomes currency because it mm-hmm. has to be settled to make sure that you got your minuses and your pluses are accurate. And then, too, you need to have a physical asset to correspond with your accounting entries. Mm-hmm. See, all these things you're talking about are fine because they're not government controlled. The government regulated to make sure there's no criminal activity, which is fine. I have no problem with the Securities and Exchange Commission, you know, preventing insider training, trading and preventing fraud and arresting people for fraud and, and things like that. I have no problem with that. That's not what this is. This is see the problem with this is is it's uh, it's prior restraint. It's what we talk about all the time. It's guilty until proven innocent. This is why it's so blatantly unconstitutional. So that's I don't like Canada had. Yeah, well, see, there, that's, well, you know, I don't know if it's even legal in Canada, I've checked the Canadian Constitution. I would tend to doubt it. But here's what I wrote before the show. I wrote, uh, CBDC, is it constitutional? I would say, no. Same arrest and presumption of innocence, due process rights would apply. Therefore, a currency control would presume guilt for every American and would, would through prior restraint, uh, control and monitoring, unconstitutionally search, without a specific warrant, all the money belonging to the citizens of this country. So basically, the, the first all right. Let me ask country. you a question. Sure. You say is it is it illegal? The way to find out if it's legal, it's going to have to go to court, right? No. Who's going to? Say, no, well, no. If one person says, <laughs> if one entity says legal, the other says not, then it has to be decided on in court. You know, yeah. In other words, if there's a dispute, but if the Congress rules. Uh, if the Congress refuses to create 
uh, a central bank digital currency. That's it. The courts cannot create it out of nothing. Yeah, but if the banks go to court and say that Congress is overstepping its balance, it's going to be the, the way it is now. They're going to uh, go by the court decision. It's going to work as we are with the Supreme Court. All right. They're going to lose. They're going to lose because the Constitution says Article One, Section yeah, they Eight. Stack the that court, they're not going to lose. You get enough Jacksons on the court, they ain't going to lose. Okay, so that's a different thing. Uh, let, let's go by what the law says, and then we'll worry about the, the people that have no clue what the law is. She doesn't even know what a woman is. How can she be on the Supreme Court? Article One, Section Eight. Let's get the exact words here. The exact words are: Congress shall have the power to. Uh, regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the Indian tribes. So they can regulate commerce. So Congress has the power that's to regulate commerce, commerce. But that's not the paying for commerce. No, that's part of commerce. You can't have commerce without paying. So in other yes, words, you Congress... You have, you have what? You don't have to produce currency as soon as you pay. It goes through that same process of accounting. Okay. All right. All right. It's fine. All right. I'm not, I'm not talking about currency. What I'm saying is that commerce, the exchange of goods and services, the production of goods and services, commerce, the free market system, Congress has the ability to regulate that among the states and among the four nations, which means that they can they don't have to pass a bill with a central bank, uh, um, you know, digital currency. They don't have to do it, and they can't be forced to do it if they say no. Commerce. So, 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 so banks, those are different things. Those are different things. Let me give you an example. One company okay, in so Illinois would trade off equipment to another country. That's not – Congress never would see that. The banks never would see that, and it does happen. Say that one more time, and then I want to, I want to get back on topic. Well, go ahead. Stay on top. Okay. So what I'm saying is – and we've got about uh, – 18 minutes left that I need, we need to go through the, why specifically this is unconstitutional. And the first reason, as I said, is that the government cannot create a government banking fascist entity that regulates all the transactions of everybody in the country. If they're searching, in order to search uh, bank accounts, which they would do by monitoring transactions, by searching, they'd have to have a warrant. And as I was talking about with Brianna, you know, you cannot have a, a, what they call an unreasonable search is a different definition. Back when they wrote the Constitution, unreasonable meant without a warrant. So unreasonable today means you don't have a reason. You can't, you can't justify it. It's not logical. It's not, it doesn't make sense. That's what unreasonable means today. Back in the old days, it meant you had to have the reason. The reason for the search was the warrant. That was the reason for the search. And so it's a different definition. So our, the Fourth Amendment immediately says that this is all illegal. But just generally speaking, without a specific warrant for everybody's account, because there's a presumption of innocence. So on that basis alone, central bank digital currencies are unconstitutional. But let's take a look at a few other things. Declaration of Independence. The clause says he has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. Now, although the Declaration of Independence is not binding law on the United States and on the Congress, it does point out the fact that, uh, that, that swarms of officers harassing our people and eating out their substance is exactly what this would do. Another point, Article 1, Section 8, the powers delegated, I may have covered this, delegated to Congress by the states. Here we go. There is no delegation of the regulation of currency or the control of individual money and assets through any government, treasury, private, or combination banking system. So Article 1, Section 8 does not delegate the power of Congress to even do this. So it's not, the fact, so it's not just the fact they don't have the, they can choose not to do it. They can't do it. 
according to Article 1, Section 8. They do not have the power to create a central bank digital currency controlling Americans' finances. They simply can't do it. Next point, uh, the states. Now, this would be interesting, too. Can, can they maintain currency protection laws, mandate cash be valid for all transactions within a state? Uh, can, they go, can, they prohibit no, can they prohibit no cash businesses? And can states offer, and I talked about this with Josie in her video, can states offer a sales tax reduction of, say, 1% to 2% for cash transactions? In other words, can the states themselves create currency protection acts? I say, okay, if you're going to transact within our state, you cannot ban a cash transaction. We're going to lower the sales tax for cash transactions to encourage them. Um, and we can have currency protection laws that say that you cannot have a central bank digital currency within our state. I think they could. Since the Congress has not been delegated that power, it's reserved to the states through the 10th Amendment. So the states could stop this, too, as well as the feds, federal government. Pianchi? No, oh, yeah, the states... If states can't impose regulations, mm-hmm. states can't print currency, though. No, they can't, but we're not talking about printing currency. We're talking about controlling it. Only the federal government can, can mint uh, coins and print dollars. It's been established. I don't think anybody's challenging that. But what we're challenging is the, it's, it's not the money we're, we're challenging. It's the control of money. It's the monitoring of money. It's the, it's the, the permission, the social credit. The, uh, the the transaction stuff. It's the uh, it's the absolute invasion of privacy. So let's, let's go through the amendments. Let's just start with the Fourth Amendment. It's one of the key ones here. Right? The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable, which means without a warrant, searches and seizures shall not be violated. So right there, central bank digital currency is unconstitutional because it's a warrantless search. Then it says, and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause. There's a second violation of citizen uh, of central bank of CB, I'm going to call it CBDCs. So it's too long to say it because they don't have they're not establishing probable cause. They're just searching. Okay, and then it's just particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. So for, there's like three violations of CBDCs in the Fourth Amendment alone. Next one, Amendment Five: No person shall be held for capital crimes at the grand jury. So that where's it get? To, oh, here we go. Nor shall any person be subject for the same. Offense, oh, that's double jeopardy. Nor should, oh, here we go. Nor shall be compelled to, in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. So if they're monitoring, if you're making financial transactions, you're actually a witness against yourself as they look at you because they're monitoring all the activities that you do as yourself. And then it says, uh, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property, which is what your money is, without due process. Okay? So there's another violation of the Constitution. The CBDCs would deprive you of your property. Would, through negative interest rates, through seizure, through all kinds of manipulations, you know, whatever they do, uh, social credit scores, they're, they're depriving you of your property without uh, due process. Then it says, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So if they, if they take your money and seize it and use it for something, you know, some other thing, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's the eminent domain, the fair market thing. So that's a violation too, not as bad as the other ones, but it certainly is a violation. So they've completely violated the Fourth Amendment. They've violated the Fifth Amendment. Let's take the Sixth Amendment. This is one we talked. This is one that you and I don't talk about a lot. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. Well, they're not doing that. They're they're convicting you based on their policies. So they're seizing your money against due process and making you a witness against yourself, and then saying that and not giving you a speedy or a public trial. 
They're just taking your stuff. That's like civil asset forfeiture. That's why that was unconstitutional because they were taking they were taking your property without a trial, without due process, without anything. So this is like civil asset forfeiture. So it's, it's unconstitutional for the same reasons. Then it says public trial by an impartial jury of the state and the district wherein the crime shall have been committed. Okay. Then it says a cause to be all right. Then it says you have the right to be confronted with the witnesses against you. Well, you can't do that with CBDC because the witnesses against you are in some central bank somewhere for the violation of the constitution. Then it says to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in your favor. And then it says to have assistance of counsel for defense. Another violation because they're taking your money without counsel. In fact, they don't even give you a Miranda. You know, in order for these things to operate constitutionally, they have to give you a warning. You have the right to uh, remain silent. You have the right to uh, an attorney to be present, you know, when, you're, when your assets are being seized by the central bank. Yet another violation of the Constitution. And then, of course, the Seventh, one, seventh Amendment, the last one here, in suits at common law where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, which is, you know, $607 based on inflation since 1913, the right of a trial by jury shall be preserved. Yet another violation. So we got the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh amendments of the Constitution are being violated by CBDCs. <coughs> Excuse me. So for all those reasons, they're unconstitutional. Pianchi. Yeah, nice to get it in. Yeah, well, it would be a big argument. Yeah. So anybody, that, so so I'm going to send this, you know, and I'll, I'll note the point where I started. This. I think it was like 9:43 is when I started my argument. But going through those, going through those arguments, stuff, you know, you take a look at it. It's against the presumption of innocence. It's against Article One, Section Eight. They don't have the Congress doesn't have the power to create this, uh, so that would be illegal. It's against the Fourth, Fifth, Sixth, and Seventh Amendments, and it's just in general principle, it's against the presumption of innocence. Because everybody's judged to be guilty until they prove their innocence having, by having everything they do financially be reviewed by the central bank. This is blatantly unconstitutional. And I've never seen that argument anywhere. Have you? That is a no. <laughs> Let me get you uh, – here's one, here's one from Bitcoin Magazine. This is, this is your folks. I'm sorry I had to shout a little bit, but by, it's by phone. And I'm not sure how clearly the signal comes out. By phone, I know it's not as good as my microphone. All right. The dangerous implications of central bank digital currency. There are a variety of reasons consumers should be wary of developments surrounding central bank digital currencies. This is by Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, Smolensky, S-M-O-L-E-N-S-K-I, and Dan Held, H-E-L-D, October 3rd, 2022. So basically last fall. Uh, what they say is CBDCs are digital cash. Unlike traditional physical cash, which can be transacted anonymously, Digital cash is fully programmable. This means that CBDCs enable central banks to have direct insight into the identities of transacting parties and can block or censor any transaction. Central banks argue that they need this power in order to combat money laundering, fraud, terrorist financing, uh, and other criminal activities, as Pianchi was talking about earlier. But as we will see below, the ability of governments to meaningfully combat financial crimes using existing anti-money laundering uh, and know your customer laws uh, have proven woefully inadequate at best while effectively eliminating financial privacy for billions of people. Uh, let me see. If some, all right, hearing this, something's wrong with that. 
Central banks argue that they need this power in order to combat money laundering, fraud, terrorist financing, and other crimes. But as we see below, the ability of governments to meaningfully combat financial crimes using existing any money you know, is woefully inadequate. That doesn't make sense. Anyway, let me go try this next paragraph. We're almost out of time anyway. The ability to block and censor transactions also implies its opposite. The ability to require or incentivize transactions. Yeah, see, that's a big point too. So this goes both ways. So they can, in other words, like social credit. You know, good purchases are rewarded. Bad purchases are, are uh, disallowed. And if you don't make good purchases, purchases we're going to force them on you anyway. We're just going to take the money. You know, or we'll just take them. You know, we'll take money so you can't make a bad purchase. Anyway, the CBDC. Uh, could be programmed to only be spendable at certain retailers or service providers at certain times by certain people. The government could maintain lists of preferred providers to encourage spending with certain companies over others and discourage providers to punish spending with others. So in other words, you know, in other words, you have to go to McDonald's as opposed to Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A is a Christian company. You can say, well, you can't go there because we don't want you going there. So we're not going to allow you to spend money at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A goes out of business. More people go to McDonald's. The government could pick one fast food. Remember the movie Demolition Man, where the government picks you know one company, Taco Bell, you know, because they won the restaurant franchise wars, and then all restaurants became Taco Bell. And then you got tiny portions, and it cost you a fortune. That's what happens. Go back to the black licorice toothpaste example I talked about earlier. Then it says, da, 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 da. all right, it says you know uh, you have discouraged providers providers to punish spending with others. In other words. With a CBDC, cash effectively becomes a state-issued token like a food stamp that can only be spent under predefined conditions. Means testing could be built into every transaction. So in other words, if you, if you, uh, you know, if they could, uh, we talked about this before, where purchases would be regulated based on your income. So in other words, if you want to go to the movies and you have average income, it's going to cost you 10 bucks. If you have a six-figure income, it might cost you 100 bucks. If you're a millionaire, it might cost you 1,000 bucks. If you're a billionaire, it probably costs you $100,000 just to go to the movies. And if you're on welfare, they would pay you to go to the movie. <laughs> you know, so that would be an income-based marketing system where the CBDC determines, based on your income, how much everything's going to cost you. Well, the socialists would love that, but we can't have it. The whole point of earning more money is so that you pay less of your money for the same good. That's why you earn more money. That's how America works. Then the article says, by censoring, discouraging, and incentivizing transactions – are not only the powers available to central banks with programmable cash, banks can also disincentivize saving, holding digital cash by capping cash balances, as the Bahamas have already done for their CBDC, by imposing penalty, in other words, negative interest rates, on balances over a certain amount. This can be used to prevent consumers from converting too much of their M1 or M2 bank balances, credit money issued to them by commercial banks, into cash, uh, after all, if too many people rush to demand cash, in other words, hard money all at once, commercial banks will be deprived of funding and may dramatically reduce their lending if they can't find other sources of capital. Central banks, understandably, wish to prevent these credit crunches, which often result in economic recessions or depressions. However, their policy uh, interventions also deprive people of access to M0 currency, the hardest and safest form of money, in other words, cash, right, under a fiat currency regime leaving billions of people, especially the poorest, without recourse in the event of monetary crises. What do they do if the banks fail? You know, if the banks are failing, what are they going to say? Well, you can't spend money anymore. We've got to transfer you know, all your money to this bank to keep it going. So they could take everybody's money. What about uh, Social Security or retirement accounts? Sorry, no, you can't have those anymore. What if you saved all your life in an account 
and said, we're going to take, we need this now for Social Security. We're going to take your, your well-earned, well-saved retirement uh, because society needs it. And after all, we're all equal, aren't we, under the law? So we need equity. So they would call it the equity, central bank equity provision. And it says, of course, negative interest rates can be imposed by central banks on cash holdings. So in other words, if you have over $5,000 in cash, the bank says, all right, every dollar over that, uh, we're gonna, it's going to cost you 5% interest to keep it there. So that way nobody keeps money in the bank. I don't know where they put it, but they don't put it in the bank because they're going to lose money. But it would be like you have 5% inflation, same thing. What if you have 5% inflation and 5% negative interest? Now you're losing 10% of your money. Anyway, so of course, uh, it says... Uh, uh, it's just, uh, it says, while the objective of imposing negative interest rates is, again, to prevent recessions by stimulating near-term consumer spending. In other words, they figure it, savings are against uh, um, savings cause recessions because people save money, they're not spending it. Well, of course, that's not true because savings go into loans and productive capital and redoing factories and all that kind of stuff. That's where savings, that's where savings go, loaned out. All right? But they're saying prevent recessions by, by forcing people to spend their money. That's what they're saying. If you if you try to keep it in the bank, we're gonna we're gonna take it. Uh, that way, your only recourse is to spend it, and as as a way to prevent recessions. A lot of ways to prevent recessions that don't involve confiscating people's money if they try and save too much. Then it says we can take the world's current economic situation as an example. Central banks intervened during the COVID nineteen pandemic to prevent recession by monitoring monetizing gro- growing levels of sovereign debt, which flooded markets with fiat money. This has resulted in more money chasing fewer assets, a reliable recipe for inflation. Uh, The world is therefore seeing the highest sustained global rates of inflation in 20 years, with some countries experiencing rates much higher than the global average. Inflation already incentivizes spending because people understand that their money is worth more today than it will be tomorrow. By implementing negative interest rates, central banks further erode the value of people's savings, creating a perverse incentive for them to spend their already dwindling resources even faster. This vicious cycle does not end in economic prosperity, but a collapse of the currency. Agreed. All right. So I'm going to hold off in this article. We're actually out of time for the uh, – uh, well, actually, no, we've got a few more minutes. We do have more time for the show. My mistake. Don't read any more of this. It, it, it goes on. Uh, oh, it's almost done. Let me finish this article. Oh, hang on. Scroll too fast. Let me see if I can find my place here. Here we go. While penalty – uh, and generalized negative interest rates are both methods of central banks, uh, both methods, both methods central banks can use to incrementally confiscate money from individuals and private organizations. These are not the only methods available to them. Once CBDCs are implemented, there is nothing technically or legally preventing central banks from imposing direct haircuts on or repossessions of anyone's cash holdings. Well, that's interesting. Anywhere in the world. Central banks could directly confiscate private digital cash to pay down the sovereign debt. In other words, imagine having all your money confiscated so that the, uh, the federal government could pay its uh, national debt. They could. Okay? Central bank, government bank. And this is, it could discourage the use of digital cash to decrease the money supply or for any other reason. Although this possibility has not been openly discussed, it is built into the political and technical architects of CBDCs. And this is finally central banks can programmatically require tax payments for every CDC transaction, CBDC transaction. Some economists have argued that this measure is necessary to recover tax revenue that is sometimes avoided when physical cash is used. No kidding. That's why we use physical cash, right? And then you look, everybody in Chinatown in San Francisco, trust me, it's all cash. The whole thing is cash. San Francisco care? No, because they don't want to go after a minority. 
anyway. So, and, it's, and I wouldn't. I, I think cash is cash. Cash is cash. You still charge sales tax on cash if you're a reputable business, and you should. And this is, and rather than, um, let me start the sentence again. Central banks can programmatically require tax payments for every CBDC transaction. Some economists have argued that this measure is necessary to recover tax revenue that is sometimes avoided when physical cash is used, and then rather optimistically note that governments could take advantage of the recovered tax revenue to lower effective tax rates. And it says, however, there is no indication that revenue-strapped governments already incentivized to harvest private wealth would take any measures to lower taxes. Instead, CBDCs will most likely be used to generate additional tax revenue for the state at onerous cost to individuals. Imagine, last paragraph, with mandatory taxation on every CBDC transaction, you would be taxed for giving your neighbor $20 or giving your children an allowance or for every item you sell at a yard sale. A person paying their friends $50 to change a tire or $100 to look after their home while they're away would be taxed for these activities. This informal economy, I guess they call it the gig economy too, right? Um, DoorDash, things like that. Uh, uh, What's it, Uber? (laughs) This informal economy is not only a necessary mode of uh, intimate interpersonal relating, but a lifeblood for millions of people who rely on it to survive day to day. It is morally unfathomable to imagine a homeless person selling flowers on the street being taxed for every transaction. I think it's worse than that. (laughs) I think it's a lot worse than that, that the government could take your money, uh, they could take money based on what they think you earned, and you'd have to prove that uh, you didn't actually earn that much. Um, Hey, so uh, yeah, Marco, thank you very much. Uh, We'll talk to you uh, next time too. This is an interesting show. Um, but anyway, so the, so the dangers are very clear. This is unconstitutional, as I proved several times uh, over the course of this hour and also talking about it in the first hour. So CBDCs, central bank digital currencies, are illegal. It's, it's pure and simple. There's no other way to say it. Uh, and so if anybody tries to argue for it, and I'm not sure how the government corporate bank entities would be created, because that's fascism. I mean, this is, this is CBDCs are like the purest form of fascism. Because what you're doing is you're giving, uh, you're, you're creating a government corporate entity. In other words, a, a uh, like the Fed is a fascist institution, because it is uh, it is government and corporate. It is private banks, you know, controlling the government money. That's illegal. Controlling your interest rates. That's illegal. That's unconstitutional. The Fed has always been unconstitutional, and yet there they are, ever since 1913. So that's the first thing to get rid of. So as we're getting making sure we don't have CBDCs, it'd be a good idea to get rid of the Fed. Anyway, I've done a lot of talking. Cell phone talking is not fun. Um, it just is. It, it, I don't know how clear my signal is. I don't have my headset on. I can't tell. I, I like having my um, my microphone. And so I'm sorry the signal cut out. I'll tell Block Talk that uh, something screwed up again. Uh, usually doesn't happen very often, but uh, occasionally. Well, it happened today. All right. So that's it for today. And I'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time, with our, our Wednesday show. And that would be. Let me see what I've got on the calendar for tomorrow. I think it's just Wendy. Uh, Bill's not back yet, uh, and that's it. So, yeah, we just got uh, a big day. So I might have another WEBY Classic. I think I'll be going to NewsGuard uh, and the, uh, the, the, the systems that uh, regulate our, our news information now that we've talked today about regulating all our money. Why don't you just leave us alone? Why do these people have this obsession with control? The biggest problem is anybody who goes into government, anybody who wants to go into government service should probably be disqualified because all they want is control. 
All right, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Central Time, you're listening here at blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Our legislative site is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-A-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Uh, we have our, our substack at gregpenglis.substack.com. Be nice if you had a $10 a month subscription to that. Uh, I should get another article out today on that. Uh, we've got uh, givesendgo.com slash action radio for contributions. And anything else, uh, please uh, take a look at uh, uh, my Facebook pages, um, the websites, and the broadcast page here of your own show. Look at any broadcast page. There's a wealth of information um, there as well. So I'm going to play a couple more things, and I'll be back uh, tomorrow. Let's get organized here, 7 a.m. Central Time. And uh, here we go. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. You know, this doesn't sound that bad on a cell phone. Hmm. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is what happens when I don't have my next thing queued up. Sorry, I was looking up stuff. All right, here we go. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. 
every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.